Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. show to you dlc of course the show all about games in their many forms games played on desktops laptops and consoles also games that involve dice luck and cardboard i'm your host jeff canada that's spelled with two n's and one t and i am joined as always by my friend slash co-host slash nemesis the guy who prefers the pitching duels over the long ball mr christian spicer hello christian as a baseball reference there, last night's World Series game was agonizing as an Astros fan where I have the saying, it's, it applies to all sport, football, basketball, not so much because there's so much scoring, but like you can't win a game if you can't score. So it doesn't matter what the other team, if you can't even score a run. And it was, jet, I think the Astros had one hit yesterday in a cold, chilly Atlanta. Uh, man, I actually like the the long ball, my friend. I like I don't know. I made that up. I figured uh, I would say I'd pick one or the other and then you'd correct me. Oh, well, um, you got it right. Good job. <laughs> no, you. I said you like the pitching duel over the long ball. You said you like the long ball. Hold on. Let's start this. Um, I'm sorry, guest. We, we have to do a 20 minute tangent here. Um, we'll get to you in a minute. Let's break down baseball. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather not. I'd rather not. I'd rather ignore baseball <laughs> as I continue to. Uh, but basketball is going the Warriors, baby. They've yeah, come football, out to football. play. Hey. My football, uh, my football team has mm-hmm. messed the bed, but I, you know, anyway. your old quarterback has a great show on Netflix. That this is true, and and actually, one of the cast of the Dungeon Run is in it. Ooh, cool. yeah, Morgan Peter Brown. Anyway, we're not here to talk about all that stuff. We're here to talk about video games, and we got lots to talk about. Oh my gosh, a jam-packed week of news. We're going to hit you with as much of it we can possibly fit in. And we got games. We got big games. It's fall. I know that now because I live in a place that actually has seasons. <laughs> and that means the video games are coming hot and heavy. We're going to talk about as many of them as we can. And we have an awesome guest to do it with. You know that DLC always stands for your downloadable Kanata and your downloadable Christian. But this week, I'm so excited because DLC stands for DLSS Loving Community. Because we have community. And creators lead at NVIDIA, our friend, Corey Banks is with us once again. Hey, Corey. Hey, guys. 
So Great glad to, to be here. To Great to have you back, man. It's been way too long, way too long. Uh, and and we have uh, been enjoying all of the things that you've been putting together with your team at NVIDIA. I know we're going to get into all of that as much as we possibly can a little bit later in the show, but kudos uh, to GeForce Now. I know Christian's been singing its praises over the last few weeks. Um, love it, love it. Yeah, so awesome, man. G- good job. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be yeah. here. I, You know, I, we, I was talking to some friends about it. I think every time I've been on DLC, been able to, to join you guys, my, my pals, and talking about video games, I've had a different job. Which is really interesting <laughs> when I think about it. Yeah, uh, that's wild. That but is this wild. is but this is the best job, and uh, we're really proud of everything that we're doing at Nvidia and at GeForce Now. I love hearing Christian talk about it. I'm gonna love debating with you, Jeff, about it, uh, and I'm super excited to talk about games because it's been too long. Well, let's jump in and start the show the way we always do with Story of the Week. Story of the week. It's the story of the week. Story of the Week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happen in the world of games this week. You can always submit stories for our consideration by sending us an email to dlcfeedback at gmail.com or by joining our community on the subreddit, which is 5x5dlc.reddit.com or at our Discord. Awesome community there as well. That's 5x5dlc on Discord too. Join the join the folks. Hang out. Talk video games. It's a great, great group of people. But Corey, you are our guest. So you get first pick of stories. Oh, my god. What goodness. would you consider to be your story of the week? Oh, there's so much to pick from. Yeah, big, um, week. big week. I mean, if I'm really honest, the probably the first... I don't know that this is the biggest story, but it's probably my favorite story, and it's the, the Halo Infinite campaign trailer. Mm-hmm. Yes. After seeing uh, lots of multiplayer stuff over the last weeks and months... We finally get the campaign trailer, and it's long. It's like six and a half minutes Yeah. Uh, for upcoming Halo Infinite, which will be releasing December, what, 8th, I think? Uh, first week of December. What did you think of it? I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of a different thing than most trailers. It's much more, I think, um, in-depth and kind of explanatory. You have yeah. the, the voiceover of C- Cortana sort of in this, like, Easy, breezy, slow, like, this is the game and you're going to enjoy it. It's going to be great. And the, the game used to be like this and now it's like this. It's very different tonally. What, what did you make of it? I, I I think it was good that they did that, though, because it's, it. you know, Halo, more than any other FPS franchise out there, has such a hardcore fan base, not just for the multiplayer, but for the campaign, for the story. People yeah. are invested in what's going on with Master Chief in this world. And we hadn't seen anything about the story in Halo Infinite for a long, long time. So this this almost felt like a, a thank you for being patient with us sort of move, yeah. which I really appreciate. Whenever you're given the community like what they've been waiting for, I'm down for that. So I I thought it was great. The other thing that I've really enjoyed, uh, just outside of like seeing the the trailer and getting caught up in what we think is going to happen, getting hyped for what we're going to play through in December, is also just how the community has been like looking at the various digital or digital uh, the visual changes, the updates that three four three has been making. I think it looks tremendous. I really truly do. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, it certainly does look much improved since a year ago when it was supposed yeah. to come out. Um, and a lot of this trailer, it seems to me, is kind of trying to prove that fact, giving you big vistas and yeah. you know beauty shots. It, it definitely is saying, hey, look, we spent the last year you know, prettying this baby up. 
This is why um, you've had to wait. The wait's yeah. going to be worth it is the message trying to come across here. I message received. I'm ready. I, I'm not the biggest Halo fan in the world. I couldn't. I've never read the books. Uh, yeah, me I, neither. You know, back, back, on game, back on the Gamers with Jobs conference call, we used to tease Sean Andrich about having read a lot of the Halo books. And it's like, right. okay. That's cool. I, I'm not a book. I'm not the book guy for Halo, but I I enjoy the campaign. I really like the way three four three tells the story. You know, r- you know, puts the encounters together. Yeah, uh, I'm excited for it. You know, I'm the same way. I, I I show up for Halo for the campaign. Not not really, not really because of the story per se. Like I feel like the the Halo universe is is kind of convoluted and and clumsy and not not particularly. You know, not really what I show up for, but what you yeah. said, which is how they put the encounters together. And I feel like the campaigns in all the Halo games always have some really interesting moments mm-hmm. and really cool settings. And the the flow of the campaigns are often very enjoyable. And so that's usually what I sign up for uh, more than more than pure narrative is that just like that moment to moment, what I'm doing next, where I'm going next it's a very bit more di- Jerry Bruckheimer, you know. Yeah, it's like, but not in the not in like a Call of Duty Jerry Bruckheimer way, yeah. right? You know, it's not like I mean, I guess maybe Call of Duty is Michael Bay, and this is Jerry Bruckheimer. If there's a slight difference to be made there, yeah. Um, n- not so much the roller coaster ride of a Call of Duty type game where you really are does feel like a thrill ride. Halo feels more like. I don't know, uh, like the Haunted Mansion <laughs> ride, you know? Like, <laughs> yes, it's, it's yes. It's interesting and exciting and there's cool parts, but also like there's more to look at and explore and it's not being not throwing explosions in my face every two finding, seconds. Finding interesting details and yeah. then the emotional takeaways that you have from that. Because like I couldn't name most of the characters in the Halo franchise necessarily, right? Right. But I have, um, I have emotional like remembrances of big things that happened around Cortana and Master Chief right, right. and finding little details in the middle of a firefight and like Easter eggs that they've hidden. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Comparing it to like a Disneyland ride is perfect. That's a perfect <laughs> example. Yeah, thanks. Uh, Christian, I know you uh, texted me after you saw the trailer and you thought that, uh, you know, the tone as we kind of talked about at the beginning felt a little weird, but I think you came away overall pretty positive. Am I right? Yeah, I really like this trailer. I think it it shows what Halo looks like on modern hardware. Like, I think it looks mm-hmm. better than what they showed a year ago, but it still very much looks like Halo. And as we kind of remember Halo, and I, I like that. I think some fans are maybe disappointed because they want this to look like, I don't know, something that isn't what I would consider Halo. Like, Halo's often bright and... Um, the characters have a very distinct, um, shape and silhouette. And this carries that forward. It didn't like redefine the, what I would maybe call the polygonal shape of some of these characters from afar. Like they still carry those silhouettes. So, you know, what character is coming forward. I, I loved when I think it was the Pelican gets delivered it still very much does like the we dropped it from too high and it's like clunk 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 like it has that bounce on the ground which is, again is a very halo-y type thing that you know you could argue like a realistic you know military game wouldn't have that but it's what these games are they're kind of uh physics-based sandbox encounters and seeing all of that stuff in this trailer I thought was super exciting. I I do think that that Cortana VO was a little 
I liked what they were saying, but I did think that like tonally on screen, I was seeing explosion, banshee flip, explosion, punch, uh, you know, grenade explosion, big power station explosion. And then over that, I heard, and we're bringing it together for our fans. And I was like, this is weird. You ever considered an NPR at a bombastic level? That could be what this is going for. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah it, it just like more... listening to a morning edition as yeah. he explores the world. <laughs> yeah, it did feel more like a TED Talk than a trailer for a video game. But I, I kind of dug that. I, like, I, I'm, I think I'm with, more with Corey on this one where it felt, it felt like this kind of neat departure from the norm. And it, uh, a lot of trailers can all feel the same at a certain point, you know? A lot uh, of trailers can feel the same. Yeah. In a world <laughs> where every trailer is the same. Yeah. It's so hard to break out of that, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. And, and kudos to them for, for doing that. I think the biggest question for me, I mean, I'm, I'm super excited for this game. I, it bums me out that it's so late coming, you know? I, we're still over a month away. But um, I, I think the biggest question for me is how the true sort of open world open-ended nature of this is going to work you know there's some bit of clue in in the trailer as to the functionality of that you know i've got that that tack map that they're calling the tactical map yeah um that is going to really uh lead you from place to place and so it won't be you know the uh on rails haunted mansion it'll be much more be you know finding your own haunted mansions within i guess i'm i'm straining the no, analogy no 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 no, no no keep keep, no, it's, keep it's going like the haunted mansion if it were like a hundred square miles <laughs> yeah exactly i mean it's it, it's a it's it's trying to bring a little bit of like assassin's creed odyssey to right. halo right and i is it gonna work I, I don't know is it gonna be what people want i don't know that either but I applaud them for trying, right? Halo's yeah. the sort of franchise, I think, where you could just kind of keep rinsing and repeating the entire time, and you'd probably still keep most of the base happy. Yeah. But I applaud yeah. them for trying something different. And I'd I rather agree. see that happen more often at a franchise level like Halo than not. I agreed. I, I agreed 100%. I, I feel like to that open world stuff, one, the trailer really makes me sad that it's not launching with co-op. Like what the uh, Halo to me has always been a co-op campaign yeah. and seeing like the openness of it and like the inventiveness and kind of those, you know, fun um, in the moment, um, getting out of trouble or getting into trouble, that emergent gameplay with co-op, I think would be even that much more fun. And then my question to kind of what Corey was hinting at, I am curious how they handle um, when engagements end and when they start, like how spread out are each of these yeah. areas in the tack mm -hmm. map? Because Halo before, in my experience, oftentimes it was, you get into the sandbox and it's a linear sandbox. Like you can't leave this area without doing the objective. But within that area that was pretty big, especially for the time, enemies would keep pursuing you. It wasn't like, I can go hide behind this rock and the right. enemy closet will reset. It's like, yeah. no, this brute is coming over. Now the AI is reformed around me. They're going to reform around the environment that now I'm in. And how awesome is this going to be? And I'm curious and in infinite if like, you know, I drive away. Is a brute or an elite going to chase me over to the next encounter? Yeah, when when or, do you or break the aggro chain? How wow is yeah. this going to be? Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 No, you're absolutely right. You know, it's, it, it's a good question. It's an interesting question. And I think the, the reason that we got to the you know the theme park analogy is because it, it, it these games traditionally have been paced really well 
right? Yeah. You go from this thing to that thing to this thing, and, and the designers of the game can dictate the pace because each chapter is, you know, bookended by the other two chapters. It's you are not in charge. They are. And here, I think they're swapping that up. You know, when you have a true open world game, the designers don't have the ability to craft the pace in the same way. The player is able to decide what they want to do next and when and how long they spend doing it. And And I think that can be good and that can be bad. Yes, I agree. I think that's true. Yeah. Anyway, very excited for December 8th. Uh, Very excited, I'll say, with our, you know, NVIDIA representative here. Very excited to play this on PC at launch and play it, you know, on my 3080 on my super ultra wide monitor. Here we go. Very very excited. Yeah. I've been waiting to talk about ultra wide monitors, man. I'm so excited. I am. I, I think it is a bigger change than almost anything that I've had in the last, you know, I don't know, 10 years. It's like, yeah. it's such a, I think it's a bigger jump than 1080 to 4K is, is for me going from a, you know, a 16 by nine to 32 by nine is mm-hmm. massive. Anyway, I, I told my wife the same thing over the course of the pandemic when I bought new pants. I just framed them as super ultra wides, and it's been life changing. <laughs> the, the comfort level is there. Yeah. I'm 32 <laughs> by nine in here, baby. <laughs> 32 by nine now means elastic waistband. I'm, I'm here Thank you. Thank yeah. you very much. With the drawstring, too. So there's extra. Je- yeah. Jeans can stay in the drawer. That's all I'm saying. You know? <laughs> Have you, um, not before we bounce off of Halo, did you guys play the multiplayer test stuff? Christian did. I did. Yeah. I, I have not played it. Neither how, have I. how are we feeling? I loved it. Um, okay. well, Corey, go back and listen to episodes. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. I loved, I especially loved the first weekend that was more focused on what I would consider old school Halo type, like Slayer, um, capture the flag in those smaller, you know, longest um, style maps, Blood sure. Gulch, things Christian like that. Christian loves it when uh, there's a very, very small pool of potential players so that he well, can always. be oh, yeah. much better, you know? Yeah, I'm in, I'm in the same boat. Yeah. Big he, team battle. He loves games in, in closed beta. Once they go out, you know, multiplayer yes. goes out to the masses, he's like, eh, if I'm, I'm, if I'm expected to actually play against like the, the good actual populace in the world, I'm going to yeah. fail. Like, no, but, but see, could, me, I'm here for my own me. hero's journey, guys. <laughs> contrast that with me where I can't even hang with the closed beta people. <laughs> so I'm out from day one, you know, I'm not even, I'm not from day zero. Yeah. <laughs> big team, big team battle in the halo infinite beta wasn't as much my thing i felt like even playing with the crew we often got lo- it was chaos that i didn't find enjoyable um it just kind of was we were getting hit from different areas and it, it, i didn't find the fun in that i know a lot of people do uh jeff to your point i don't know if i ever said this on the show i've given it thought what you said is 100 true that is where i shine in competitive games <laughs> is in the <laughs> limited window um and i i think part of that is one yes a limited player pool and two, I think a lot of my joy in multiplayer games is in that figuring it out time of the game where you don't yeah. know where the choke point is and it hasn't been min-maxed. And Before then I'll go and play later. Out. Yeah, and, 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 I, and I haven't played and kept up with it. And I'm like, oh, this is a cool map. And everyone's like, idiot, over here. This is the only yeah, way to yeah. go. And I'm like, oh. No, I get actually, that. There's the a one lot thing of I like about Splitgate is that there doesn't have to be a meta. It's just how fast can you move? <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, Splitgate is, Split is, is the only multiplayer game I can keep up in right now. That one is the is Halo plus Portal, right? Basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. That looks really cool. I, I saw a lot of people uh, having 
positive things to say about Splitgate. So yeah, it's a ton of fun. Cool. I'm getting ahead of us though. Sorry. No, no, not at all. Uh, Christian Spicer, what is your story of the week? I mean, I kind of want to say my story of the week is, uh, uh, how do I say it? Clean, uh, mess around, find out. Um, <laughs> but I don't, I don't know if I'm going to lump those two stories together about, you know, what happens when you, you done mess up and how you try to make it right. Um, I will, I'll do one of them. What I, I'll, Activision, we've talked a lot about Activision on this show. Um, and there's kind of a double hit of, of Activision right now. And the first one that I will talk about is Bobby Kotick um, asking for a salary cut in the wake of all these legal battles and presenting himself as uh, doing good in, in a hard moment for the company. Um, I don't know him. I don't know if he's actually trying to do good. But as someone who has already said enough on this show to never work for that company <laughs> anyway, this, it just, okay. So he's reducing his salary to the minimum. He's also declining bonuses. It, it's not just this his is salary. After he accepted $155 million bonus last year. So, five, you know, like five months ago, not even a like, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I will not accept a dollar over 155 million. <laughs> and he's launching a new zero tolerance harassment policy. Um, they're waiving the required uh, arbitration for sexual harassment cases that was in the employment contract. And it's like kind of taken at face value. I don't want to be totally dismissive because there is some good stuff that's happening here, right? This is what but you it, want someone to do, right? Well, you this can't is like be super critical because this is the beginning of what you want somebody to do, right? But this is like to to carry our baseball uh, forward from the intro. This is just getting into the on deck circle, though, right? Mm-hmm. Like you've put on a batter's glove and you expect a pat on the back. Like you haven't done anything yet, and also the person putting on the batter's glove to do this also ran the ship that was running aground for decades you know it's not it's not so like wait, he's a baseball player and ship's captain yes thank you jeff i keep okay. my uh, uh analogies clear and concise <laughs> on <this> show. <laughs> and when he was climbing everest what he did is he looked and so that's why it doesn't feel genuine to me like i don't believe that he didn't know about this stuff before and if he didn't i think that says a lot about that's other that's another problem for the leader of a company and then now to present this stuff is like, we're making all these changes. We're doing all this stuff. It, 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 it's really like we got caught. We need good PR. Even Diablo two launched, not good. Um, it, it just stinks to me. So I, I, I hesitated to bring it up as my story. Cause I don't want to be soapboxy and this, that, and the other, but it, it's a bummer, I think. And it continues to be a bummer. And I think it is worth talking about. The only thing I, I really want to take away from all that is what I hear you saying is that you're talking about Mr. Kodak doing this, Mr. Kodak being responsible for that. And I think it's kind of shorthand to say there's this one person who gets the credit or the blame, right? Sure. So, so Bobby Kodak going out there and saying, I'm going to cut my salary and I'm starting these initiatives. It's not really him. It's the organization, right? And I think that goes, I, I, I don't know that I can put solely the, the blame on him in an easy way because the blame's on the organization. Activision Blizzard has made some huge mistakes, clearly. 
uh, I think, solving like, I this think that's is right. I think that's so, right. But also if you make a $155 million bonus for a job. That part, yes. You get, yeah. I think at a certain point, the buck should stop with you. You know, you, you have to earn that money somehow. And part of that is having some accountability, like an individual yeah, but, having accountability. But you're right. The, well, the other thing I'm trying to say is I don't want to give him all the credit for trying to make the changes either. Right. It's yeah. there. There are. I I know some people at Activision Blizzard that are good people who are trying to trying to make things a whole lot better, and it's fighting yes, against same. an entire system, right? I, I I'm really against the narrative of like saying one person like either did all the bad or did all the good. He is certainly more responsible on both sides, but it's you know it's it's a big organization that has to do this stuff, and I want them all to do better. I agree. I agree with that. Yeah. But I, you know, from my perspective, it's not about him him having uh you know being the single culpability it's just that at some mm-hmm. point somebody has to take responsibility and i think that yeah. that that's what that job is like if you are the the ceo and you're making that kind of coin that's what you that's why you're being paid that amount of money is because mm-hmm. you take responsibility and i hope this is not just lip service not just sort of um trying to do something in the short term that doesn't that doesn't go yeah, over, I, you know, I want like a we, quarterly checkup on this. I want, yeah, like, we don't personally, I want like an outside panel to be coming and coming in and giving like report cards. You they know? they had right. one and then they lied to them and right. destroyed yeah. documents instead of giving them to that outside panel, also known as the state that's suing them. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, and, you know, he hasn't said how long he's going to take the pay cut. I honestly don't even care about the pay cut, right? It's not like him not making right. that money means that you know, the janitorial staff is going to make that money. Exactly. It's, it's, it, it, it Ultimately, that doesn't matter. It's symbolic. The stuff that does matter is, you know, a commitment to having uh, a higher percentage of women and non-binary people in the workplace. They're trying, they're uh, committing to improving that, to uh, increasing that number by 50%. Uh, a commitment to invest $250 million to accelerate opportunities for diverse talent. All of those things I think are, strong and i hope they follow through on these commitments mm-hmm. um there is uh you know there's this uh, trying to increase the visibility of pay equity and um there's a they at least are saying they are going to provide regular progress updates so this is what you want to see and i think if we're going to cover and talk about all of the negative stuff, which mm-hmm. we absolutely should. I think this, you know, I, we can be a little skeptical and we can say, like you said, Christian, that it's just the beginning of what needs to be done. But also I think this is what you want to hear. And we have to at some point acknowledge that this is the right thing to be, at least be saying, let's hope it is followed with actual actions. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a, a, a tiny amount of the, it's not the right thing, right? It's not, it's it's a very tiny beginning pointing in the hopefully right direction yeah, yeah i mean i could totally um, see them continuing to do this and also squashing union unionization efforts you know i could see them doing a lot of <laughs> terrible things still but uh you know i'm hopeful that it represents a sea change for this company and especially blizzard who you know is a company that i uh that i traditionally have had a lot of affection for and it just all that has soured in recent years Um, and i hope it continues to shine a light on this throughout the industry agreed this is this is not just an activision blizzard story this is 
This is a way baseball more and and pirate ship story. Yeah, yeah. It is, yes. It is. It's extremely I hope, Pirates of the Caribbean now. I hope that <laughs> this resonates with every Major League Baseball slash captain multi-hyphenate out there. And they realize- The Mariners. Mariners the Mariners. The Mariners and the Pirates. We got two teams the and they are listening is. now. They what are other, what other naval references do I have? <laughs> <laughs> it's a difficult story. And I realize we've talked about it a lot, but I do think it's worth bringing up, especially at, at bigger moments like this. And, and yeah. I think we'll keep talking about it. Uh, I want to thank know, not you guys for week, talking but... about it. Honestly, I think we all need to talk about this more. So I, I personally thank you for, for talking it up and, br- and talking about it and bringing it up and pushing this narrative. This this shouldn't just go away with an, a blanket announcement and here are some new policies. It should the Companies should be held accountable for this sort of thing. That's part of a yeah. company's job. Yeah, we got to stay on them. And, and I think you're right, Corey. We are the real heroes here. I think so. <laughs> no, the, the real heroes, and I can say this with Corey on, uh, and you can report this to your bosses. This is totally unrelated to the Activision thing. The real heroes are corporate executives who hide their products on their shelves behind them during announcements. <laughs> Ooh, I live for that. I live for that. Where like there's an Xbox Series S hidden behind, or like what was it a 3090 hidden in the kitchen? Like 3090 mm-hmm. in the oven. Oh okay. yeah, so that's what I need more of. That's Brilliant. how you fix a Beautiful. problem. <laughs> I love. I love. I think. It, I think it works s- when you're using spatulas. It doesn't work so much when it's just barbecue sauce as a as a bookend. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not their product. No, I need to see. Uh, it needs to be one of their. What if product. it is now? Oh well. We don't. That's, I mean, Meta could be news? doing we, all kinds of things news? now. It could be. <laughs> I don't know if we're shifting stories now, but I'm here chat, for Meta chat, barbecue sauce. Chat wants to know why your background's blurry, Corey, and is there a 4090 behind you? <laughs> there, yeah, there's actually no. It's just spatulas back there. Uh, <laughs> spatulas all the way. I down. mean, I'm, I happen to be using Nvidia broadcast. Boom. Uh, just throw in that product shill. Um, it's a, a fantastic product that I, I use constantly. I just so. don't want everybody to know that I hung my my Bioshock. Uh, poster back here crooked that's why <laughs> the blur will take care of that because it's covering a 4090 <laughs> i know what's behind that poster uh, christian the the other part of the story that i think you were sort of obliquely referencing is the fact that uh blizzcon line blizzcon line 2022 has been canceled uh completely uh surprising nobody yeah. but um it was supposed to take place in february uh i think you know that would have been a <laughs> Think the word would have been a problematic yeah yes <laughs> been rough. and i don't know they say they're still going to do some announcements at that time but i also um we've seen a lot of former blizz devs leave and get vc money for their new studio which i think is also whatever um but you have to imagine that these games like i feel for a lot of the folks on on these teams that are working hard to make something that they really believe in and I'd have to guess that a lot of these games are going through some difficult times in terms of like the amount of leadership, top role people that have left or been forced out left and the turnover that's happened. I I don't know like how many BlizzCons could they show? I know Diablo Immortals in a, another closed alpha or beta right now, but like how many BlizzCons can you show? This, this here's yeah, Overwatch well, Two again. What we don't that? know what we else know. they've gotten, in, you know, cooking. But yeah, you never know. Well, but at the end of the day, a show like that's also about like bringing the community together yes. and getting them excited. And the the community, the the Blizzard community is hurting right, right. now. Yeah. So yeah. Like, give them give them that time to to stand on their own. Yeah. Uh, 
I, I, I agree with you though. Like my, my time in the industry has shown me that it's a miracle that any video game ever gets made to begin with <laughs> and having the kind of shakeups that they've had. I, I do feel for the designers and the engineers who are, are trying to keep to a vision or trying to like keep the ideas that might shift everything way too far out, like from, from broaching in on stuff. Yeah. It's the, it's one of the hardest jobs in the world. So I, I hope they're doing okay. And I hope they ride this way pretty well. Yeah. You guys have left me some, some still some major stories. I'm sure everybody is listening to this is sick right now uh, of talking about Facebook's name change to meta. Uh, but I do think that the Facebook Connect or the artist formerly known as Facebook Connect uh, <laughs> had some interesting gaming related news, specifically, you know, VR, which is something that I'm very interested in and excited about. I don't hold a very high opinion of Facebook as a as a company. They you know, it's kind of appalling what we've learned just in the last couple of months, uh, which we you know, a lot of us already suspected. But Man, it's hard to um, have anything positive to say about Meta. Uh, you know, th- th- this name change smacks of desperation and a weird disconnect uh, from the very topmost decision makers. Uh, but we can set that aside. I'm more interested, as far as it being my story of the week, about the fact that Oculus, which is a brand I think that has been pretty synonymous with VR. I think they did yeah. a lot of work on, you know, obviously mon- dollars in purchasing Oculus as a thing and then work in sort of making it into something. The Quest 2 is uh, evidently the highest selling VR product. Yes, holding yours up right now. I have mine right behind me. This is your fault, Jeff. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. I have pushed back against VR for so long. I've been like, VR is not for me. I don't want to be that engaged. And then a combination of the pandemic and you. Well, and this is this is why I have this thing sitting sitting back here by the spatulas in the forty nineties, ha- <laughs> just haunting Confirmation! me. Confirmation. <laughs> yeah. The, I, so I yeah, agreeing with everything you're saying right now. I am now the equivalent of the pandemic, so I think I've arrived. <laughs> yeah. Okay, hang on. maybe a misstatement. Uh, I, I hope you're enjoying it. I hope you're enjoying it. It's it's wild. Isn't how how yeah. seamless how how good it is how how good enough it is because like I've I've used like yeah. a Valve Index too like that that is a tremendous experience this is this is good enough to cover all that uh, and some of the news that you've you've got here out of <laughs> the artist formerly known as Facebook Connect <laughs> about what's happening to Oculus about games coming to Oculus about you know uh, and and even just knows outside of this about like Resident Evil 4 being on VR and what a tremendous yeah. experience that is right now like that all really does give me a lot of hope for how 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 much farther VR is going to to proceed here right yeah i mean so first of all interesting that oculus as a brand is going away uh, as is facebook as a brand uh well, no, facebook is... as a brand is still it's facebook is a subset of meta Meta, facebook as a brand still exists but oculus however as a brand like there's meta then there's facebook whatsapp blah 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 but yeah oculus is not one of those Mm -hmm. sub brands anymore yeah that i think is interesting like as a brand it is entirely going away yeah it is going away it's being replaced by reality labs and i think ultimately the reason you call your company meta and i mean this is explicit in their in their messaging around this is that they believe the future is VR. 
they believe that they are going to create a metaverse and uh, Zuckerberg is all in on VR, which if it was any other, not any other, but most other companies, I would be jumping up and down and, uh, you know, ringing the bell of excitement about this. I still think it's very cool. I, I do think our future in large part is going to be AR and VR. And I think my kids are going to think it was weird that we, you know, played video games on a flat screen. Um, but, you know, it's hard to talk, not, it's hard to talk about this without the, all the problems of Facebook and the, and the, the real lack of confidence I have that they will do the right thing on any level, but it is pretty exciting. Uh, some of the, the announcements, I mean, last week when I talked about Resident Evil 4 in VR, uh, one of the things I said was, boy, I sure hope there are more ports into VR uh, there's a lot of games I think would be really cool the way they did Resident Evil 4, just, you know, bringing it into VR. It sounds like that's the plan here. Obviously, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas was announced as being a an upcoming Oculus Quest 2 exclusive port. Uh, we don't have a date for that. We don't know any details, but I, we do know that there have been some user-created mods that already bring a lot of the Grand Theft Auto games into VR, and uh, people have experience those games uh this will be an official version i think will be much better i think that's cool and hopefully if they can lead the way and show other folks that that's awesome we'll get more games like that and i will be happy uh zuckerberg has said that he wants a billion people in vr i think that's i think that's that's cool also um uh, vertigo games is has announced at least four or excuse me five uh triple a vr titles are in development so and they bought the supernatural devs. I don't think that was announced yeah. during the thing. I think that yeah. came out maybe today or yesterday, but like yeah. fitness and gaming is another big push that yeah. the virtual reality labs is investing in. And Vertigo Games is the the people behind uh, uh, Arizona, Arizona Sunshine, Sunshine right? yeah. which is tremendous. Really good. Yeah. One and Unplugged, which was shooters. actually pretty good too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I, I anticipate those games will be very, very good. Uh, so I, Corey, you know, I try to split hairs here, thread the needle, whatever metaphor you want to use. I try, I try to have my cake and eat what, it too. What Disney ride would it try, be? What, you, yeah. tried, what you tried ride? to, you tried to do the baseball and the pirate thing. I did. Yeah, I try to, I try to hit home runs and also, you know, <laughs> sail the Straits of Magellan. I don't know. Here's, here's, I, you know, I, I don't follow the VR industry. Like I'm, I'm in the tech industry in such a way that like I'm some sort of plebeian somewhere, right? But like my sense of the VR industry is that as much as as much as Mark Zuckerberg is coming out and talking about how they're creating the metaverse, there are other people who want to create the metaverse as well. So my my thinking is that it's not all just going to be meta doing this. As much as they want to claim that with a new label and a new branding, like there are a lot of people that are involved in this. I don't think Valve is going to stop being a player in VR. Right? Right, right. And and frankly, Valve has pushed the the has has moved the needle in VR in a way that like Oculus is kind of just starting to mm. with with the Quest 2. Yeah. Um so I I think you're going to see other people there, you know, lots of companies are interested in in figuring out how VR and AR makes sense in in emerging technology. I don't want to give all the credit to just Facebook making a change here. I do no, think I there's, think there's a lot of really interesting stuff here. But as I a consumer, think, as, yeah, as, I, as a gamer, I'm yeah. super excited about 
some of the the games and the the ports that are coming to Oculus, I want to see more independent development, not just ports. As cool yeah. as, as as Resident Evil Four is in VR, like what I actually like are people who are finding new interesting twists on VR. And yeah. I think that's been a great incubator for indie development. Well, you see, you know, just last week we had Resident Evil Four and Lone Echo Two both yeah. come out, and Lone Echo Two is the the potential of VR, and Resident Absolutely. Evil Four is like, hey, this is kind of cool and novel and and works also. Uh, but you know, I think we can have both. And I I also agree with you that that and thankful that Facebook isn't the only player here. But I also think yeah. Facebook being this bullish on it will bring other people to the to the yard. You know, it, it's going to uh, create some more competition because folks will recognize that a company of the size and and monetary influence of Facebook is you know putting all their chips on this particular bet. So uh, so I mean. I, I don't know, Christian, I know you are um, less willing to uh, thread the needle than I am on this one. <laughs> um, and and I, I'm not without guilt. You know, I, I do feel like Facebook is a, a demonstrably uh, harmful force in our culture. Um, but also, I really dig their VR products. So I, I'm, I'm conflicted. I'll be honest. Yeah, I, I, I personally... Uh, shout out to our uh, subreddit. For me, I cannot, um, in good conscience, good conscience, support face any meta product. Maybe later I can. Christian can't right even now, root for Meta World Peace. Uh, you, know. Um, you know, maybe. maybe I, we I said, we, we said he was against the meta in closed beta multiplayer games. He's against it That's across the board. Across the board. No meta <laughs> support, will he support. I support metahumans in, in DC. Um, <laughs> oh, only behind. some of them though. Hang on. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's only some of them. Um, it, I, I think what really rubs me the wrong way and, and slash scares me about Zuck's presentation here isn't how bullish they are on an augmented world. I think it's, they want to control it. They want to be web 3.0 and a world in which Facebook controls Web 3.0 is is horrifying, um, where they have all of the people and it almost feels needed. I was working on a project years ago um, and, and Facebook was surprised up to no good then. And I tried to lobby the executives to decouple from the platform in a big way. And I got slapped down hard and was told that like, we need it to reach customers. Like we don't like it, but we need it. This is what we need to use. And that feeling of there are no alternatives. Like even now, I'm assuming you go to like the Washington Post or whatever, and there'll be an article about the Facebook papers and how Facebook is evil. Then at the bottom of that article, it will be like, find us on Facebook. Like that's problematic in a world in which they're controlling the metaverse is is deeply troubling. It, you know, Zuck tried to talk around it and he's like, I know why are we talking about this now at a time when there are other things going on at our company and we're addressing those, but I also believe people are inherently good and bringing people together is good and that's what we want we want to do. And it's like maybe, but the dude who's proven that they can't do it right shouldn't get to keep doing it. Yeah. And so the, the fact of the matter that they'd be pitching and creating these VR Man, I'm on a soapbox lot. I apologize, both of you and <laughs> listeners. Um, 
that they're trying to 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 dominate this this augmented world I, I think is is deeply troubling and the fact that oh you don't need to use a facebook account anymore in the near future and you can log in with another account into this thing i don't trust them with my data i don't trust them scanning everything they've proven time and time and time again that they as basic things about lie about video metrics when companies were paying to quote pivot to video facebook was straight up lying to people about the, the video reach because they controlled the metrics. Cambridge Analytica proved other stuff that Facebook was just lying about. Like, fool me once, go out of business. I don't know. It's I have I have serious yeah problems with that. I do th- I do think it's a positive that that they at least recognize that people don't want to use Facebook accounts to log in to use a, a VR headset. I think that's a positive. We'll see how you know what their solution is. Maybe their solution is equally bad, but. I do think it's a positive that uh, Andrew Bosworth says, hey, we're working on a way so you don't have to have a Facebook account to you know, use a, a VR headset. I think that's good. It's a step. Yeah. You know, there's going to be a, a just there's going to be a kid who uses an Oculus Quest 2 and is, and is like, this is really great. And then they're going to develop the next great thing. And the question yeah. is going to be, are, do they get bought by some big company or can they start the next big company? Right. I'm an optimist. Actually, I'm not, but I'm going to be an optimist in this case <laughs> and say that I hope that they start the next big company and that we'll yeah. continue to see those new innovations. But they've got to be inspired by what's being created now in yeah. the same way that that I'm kind of inspired by what a bunch of people in VR are creating right now. For sure. Me too. Uh, well, if you want to start the next big company, you're going to need a website. So maybe you should use our sponsor, Squarespace. Squarespace is the best place to create a website. You don't have to hire someone else to do it. You can do it yourself. You can make it yourself using the tools of our sponsor, Squarespace. 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 It's like I haven't said that for the last 10 years. Uh, Turn your cool idea into a website, whether it is a blog, it is a showcase for your work. Even if it's a storefront, you want to sell stuff online. It's so simple to make the website with Squarespace. It's all Drag and drop. What you see is what you get. You start with a template. They have these templates. They're beautiful. They are designed by professionals. You start with that template and then you just sort of move stuff around, make it your own, change things up, change the colors, change, figure it out. It's so simple. It's like messing around, uh, you know, in a coloring book. It's so simple. It's all what you see is what you get. Just drag it around. You can even drag in e-commerce. Just plop it right in. All of a sudden, your website is a storefront. They have 24-7 award-winning customer support. Even if you run into any problems, you won't have to worry about it. You can 24-7 award-winning customer support. There's never anything to patch or upgrade, ever. It's all handled in the background for you. They have free and secure hosting. They have built-in search engine optimization. It's great. JeffCanada.com, built on Squarespace, housed on Squarespace. I've been using it over a decade. I recommend it to all my friends and family. It really is the easiest, best way to go. And if you, even if you're just trying to buy a, a domain name, they have a way to buy donate, domains. You can choose from over 200 extensions. And it's so simple. It's so clear. It's so easy. And they give you suggestions if your domain is taken. Simple. You got to check it out. So head over to squarespace.com slash Jeff sent me. You'll get a free trial. And then when you're ready to launch your website, you can build it without even giving them a credit card. They won't automatically charge you after a few days, whatever. You just use it for free. And then when you're ready to launch your website, use our promo code, Jeff sent me, J-E-F-F-S-E-N-T-M-E, all one word, 
Save yourself 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. Squarespace.com slash Jeff sent me. The promo code Jeff sent me for 10% off. All right. You know it was a big week of news when we did the entire story of the week section and we didn't even talk about a Sony state of play. <laughs> That's a pretty big week of news. Or was uh, it just like an okay state of play? Maybe it was an okay state of play. I, I, I wanted to, I didn't want to overlook it because some folks just listen to our show for video game news. And, you know, a Sony state of play is basically a mini press conference that they throw. This one, this week was focused on third-party games. So uh, none of the big uh, Sony first-party stuff. But uh, a few notable um, games in there. I don't know, Corey, was there anything, I'm, I'm guessing you're, fairly PC centric these days. Although Sony going to PC in a big way, which is pretty cool. I mean, I'm I'm PC centric because I can't get a PS5, man. Well, there's that as well. <laughs> Come on. There's that. Uh, you know, no, there's some, there's some good options here. Meanwhile, someone at Sony saying, "I'm console centric because I can't get a 3080." Just so you know. <laughs> Times are tough all over. Times, Times are, are tough all over. But then I would tell them about GeForce Now, which we won't get into that yet. <laughs> no, we, but, will, we will talk about that. So what, what did you what do you see from this uh, state of play that, that piqued your interest? I think I first off, I'm super excited that uh, PlayStation only players, of which I don't think anybody should be locked into one platform. Let me just get that out of the way. Like, there's a vast world of games out there. Try all the systems. But uh, I'm super excited that that Sony players are going to get to play Death Store. Yeah, because Death yeah. Store is so freaking good. So good. Yeah. Um, I am. I'm terrible at them, but I love the King of Fighters series, and so seeing mm. seeing King of Fighters 15. That that's probably my pick out of here. Yeah, a cool trailer too. Yeah. Um. So here's all the stuff that was announced at the state of play. Deathverse, let it die. We are OFK, which is really interesting looking. Uh, Bug Snacks, the Isle of Big Snacks. So Bug Snacks doing well evidently as a new IP. Uh, Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach, and then Death's Door coming to PS5 and PS4. Cart uh, Rider Drift, King of Fighters 15. First class trouble, and then a new Star Ocean game, Star Ocean: The Divine Force. Christian, did you have any of those that uh, made you excited, or was this sort of a lackluster one for you? You look thrilled by all these games. It was lackluster for me. I think for folks that didn't have the opportunity to play Death's Door before, I think it's a fantastic game. I think worth playing. It's also coming to Switch, I believe. So I'm super excited that it is coming to more platforms. But Switch game. It will be a great Switch game. Nothing on this state of play really jumped out at me. It's something that I'm excited about playing, which... Uh, oh, there's one other game, too. What was that Choo Choo Train game called? Little Devil Inside. Oh, Little Devil Inside, yeah. Right. They should rebrand it. Choo Choo Little Choo Choo game. Little Choo Choo game. <laughs> it looked very pretty. Um, but I, I mentioned this when the Switch OLED came out. Um, as a person who believes in there are too many games. <laughs> Nice. I uh, I sometimes get excited when there's a state of play and there's nothing that I feel like I need to play <laughs> as I'm currently drowning in games that I want to be playing and don't have the time for. So Golden I hope age, that maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I hope that people got excited for some of these and I love that I didn't. <laughs> I, I you know, the, the fact that people, the publishers all over the place do more of these shows and break them up as opposed to waiting for like an E3 or just a Gamescom or whatever. It, it means that not every single one of them is going to hit as hard, right? You can't yeah. always, you can't always have like the, you can't have Halo Infinite at every single Microsoft event. But I like the more constant drip of information. I tend I to be too. more of the gamer yeah. that like doesn't that that doesn't get 
excited about a game until like a week or two weeks before it actually comes out. Like, cause it's, there's just so many great games to play. So I, I don't, I don't tend to fall into the hype train as much as maybe I used to like 10 years ago, but I, I like, I like the events that talk more about the third party games. Cause yeah. I love to see the developers get that kind of exposure. I agree. Yeah. And to have an entire event, an entire little news uh, spotlight hosted right on the third parties. I, I think that's, that's cool. And a lot of these yeah. are smaller games or, you know, that we are OFK was the big standout for me, um, which is a game that's very weird and different an adventure game, you know, around being like in a band or with a band uh, and uh, not the kind of thing that usually gets a lot of, you know, it, it would get outshined. I think if you're looking at, you know, God of war and all those other things alongside it. So um, I like that these smaller games can maybe stand out a little bit better and something like this, but. I like anybody playing Death's Door. I'm just that too, too. I'm That's an unashamed mark for this game. Yeah, it's it's so good. All right, well let's uh, let's talk about games that we have been actually playing now in a segment we call the playlist. Well, here's my question. Should we uh, talk about what's on your playlist right now, Corey? Or should we talk a little about GeForce Now right at the top? Because uh, I know Christian... I don't know. We, should we just make Christian wait? We should make Christian... Maybe we'll just it's make Christian. It's not called GeForce <laughs> later. Okay? It's not called GeForce when. It's called GeForce <laughs> now. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. GeForce yeah, now. Yeah, we can talk about GeForce now. Sure. It's a demand right there in the title. Um, Christian, I know that We're you down. have been, have been playing a lot of it. It is out. Uh, it the, is, it, it is, it is not well. So the service is out the GeForce now RTX 3080 membership. Once this posts, once this publish will start rolling out to the first users and Christian, uh, uh, was, was kind enough to help us out with some hands-on impressions and kind of come check it out early to, to give us a sense on if we were doing okay or not. Yeah. So Christian, tell me, does it live up to your very uh big expectations? You last week you were you were really uh quite impressed with the claims. You know, you we got we got Corey right here. So what what's the what's the news? What's the what's the result of your hands-on tests? Yeah, last week I was very impressed with the claims and couldn't say I was also very impressed by my hands. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to only speak to the claims. Um, it is, I've, I've always been bullish on cloud gaming. I've been bullish on GeForce Now. Even with Corey here, I don't feel like I need to change anything I'm going to say. I do have some nits. Um, but it is playing this 3080 tier. It is hands down the best um, cloud gaming experience I've had to date. And in, in, in terms of the graphical fidelity, the response time, the feeling of playing a game. I played Death Store on the, uh, you know, earlier tier of GeForce Now. I played through half Priority the game. Membership. Priority membership on that tier. And I had a great experience. I love Death Store. We'll be talking about it at our end of the year, you know, wrap up. And it was fantastic to play that way. Playing on this 3080 tier in terms of just feels it it truly feels better you can feel the difference both graphically in terms of running a game that has you know all the bells and whistles and even fancier ray tracing you had ray tracing before 
but pushing at that quote 30 80 tier level it is stunning stunning games look stunning when playing on uh you know any screen or device and so the first thing i went to was destiny 2 because that was the game that you know in nvidia's marketing materials touts as running you know almost better or depending on how you look at it better through the cloud than playing it on a dedicated console plugged into your tv i am not a destiny 2 pro I've put a lot of hours into Destiny 2 over the year, but it's been the PvE, not the PvP part of the campaign. Um, I am mostly a controller player, even on PC, not a mouse and keyboard player. But playing on PC with a controller, I was like, this is, I can play Destiny 2 this way. It might be my preferred way to play Destiny 2 because of the advantages that the cloud brings to the table of, I don't need to wait for Destiny 2 to update all of the things since the last time I I played it. I'm clicking, I'm playing, I'm going. On my PC, uh, here on my rig with an actual RTX 3080 in it, um, I can run Destiny 2 at at, uh, at 4K. Right now, on GeForce Now, even this 3080 tier, you only get 1440p um, on PC, even through the dedicated app. The only way to get 4K currently is through the Shield, um, the home streaming Mm -hmm. hub device. Um, so I get more bits when I play it natively on my console, but the ease of just clicking into GeForce Now, clicking into Destiny 2, and picking up right where I was with my Guardian, and feeling like I'm 100% in control and not adjusting my shots or shooting for the body, um, because I there's going to be that half, you know, tiny millisecond of latency that affects a headshot from across the map. It truly felt like I was just playing Destiny 2. Then... When I wanted to really put it through its paces, um, we were given codes for uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, and it was a day one uh, launch title on GeForce Now uh, on PC. And so I had this really cool experience of like, oh, the game's available today. There wasn't a preload on Steam, as far as I remember. And so like, I can start downloading this 100 gig game now. There was, by the way, there was, but there, there was, was a preload. A, there was a preload, but there was also an eight gig day one patch. Oh, okay, so maybe <laughs> maybe that's what it was. But I was like, oh, I can just play this now. I, I, you know, I wonder if it's hit the servers on GeForce now. And sure enough, it was there. And I was like, I I want to see what this is like. I want to play. I'm just going to test this service, and I want to put it through its paces. I played Destiny two on the dedicated app on my PC that I have good internet, not the best in the world. Um, but hardwired into good internet. That was my Destiny 2 play experience. I'm going to play Guardians of the Galaxy on my iPad with a wireless internet and a Bluetooth-connected controller, and I want to see what this plays like. And I sat down just to test it, and I played the first two hours of Guardians of the Galaxy sitting at my kitchen table on my iPad because I was able to disassociate from the tech test I was doing and just play a game that I was really enjoying. And I think that says a lot about the service where it gets out of the way. At no point was I like, oh yeah, well, this is fun, but I am at home. I want to just go play this game. (laughs) Let me go up to the computer where I can have this better experience. I uh, DM'd Corey. I can say this, right, Corey? I DM'd Corey and I was like, I can't talk about this with anybody. I'm blown away. I like sharing videos and you're probably like, I know what this looks like. I'm like, how does this, it looks so good. This is, this is ray tracing. This is, it's everything is, it looks so pretty. How I don't, I don't get it. And then I 
went from that to playing on my phone with my backbone mm-hmm. and just jumped in the backbone. So and nice. my sit, my save is there. Um, it went from essentially being four by three on my iPad to fitting the aspect ratio, whatever an iPhone XR is. I don't think it's actually 16 by nine, whatever it is. And, and playing well on that screen. Um, and then I sat down at my computer and played on the dedicated uh, GeForce Now app. The reason, another reason that iOS devices isn't the best case scenario to put this through its paces is that it still is through the browser, right? It's the workaround because of the iOS limitations on streaming services for games. So then I wanted to play it in a better use case and playing on the dedicated app on my PC. And I ended up sinking another over hour into Guardians of the Galaxy playing that way when I have the game sitting here on my PC, but again, at no point did I feel handicapped by playing through the cloud where I was like, I should just switch over to PC. Again, I could get true 4k on PC that I wasn't getting. It was 1440 um, on uh, GeForce now, but it truly felt like I was playing the game on my hardware connected to whatever screen I had with me. The only caveat to that, and I, because the rest of the experience was so smooth, I don't know if this was game stutter or GeForce Now stutter. I had a pretty hard stutter during a cutscene, as um, the crew is like leaving their ship, landing on a planet, and they leave the, like this whole animation comes down and they deboard their ship, and I got a pretty hard stutter and uh, audio desync. <laughs> but then when I went into play again, there weren't any issues. Um, And I will say that Guardians is not Destiny 2. You know, you're almost always locked on. It's not a precision headshot shooter game. So I'm not putting it through. I didn't download the thing to see what my millisecond reaction time would be. But just hands-on playing it um, to you to here, to our listeners, like playing this experience now really made me rethink if I'm going to go ahead and purchase my Steam Deck. Because for my use case... I think GeForce Now at this 3080 level gives me almost everything that a Steam Deck would, maybe even better. I'm trading being able to play on an airplane or like in a car with no internet for better graphics mm-hmm. on a handheld, which is which is wild to me that I all I need is good internet and I'm playing everything on hi uh while i'm no um (laughs) it's it it is truly stunning and so i've been praising it praising it praising it and if you don't listen to the show and this is your first episode you're like oh you're just a shill because a guy from nvidia is on please listen to other episodes no i mean they troll me about everything so they're not shilling (laughs) it's true you should see some of the other dms i get from christian we abuse Corey at every (laughs) possible moment my 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 knit with the service and i i think it's because it's pc based my nit with the service is that I can go into settings. <laughs> and like when you play a game on Stadia or xCloud, you you can't. I mean, there's some some adjusting, but you go into Stadia and it's like that version of Red Dead or that version of Destiny is the version you get. On my iPad playing Guardians of the Galaxy, I was able to go into the full PC Guardian settings and cha- change my resolution. And when I did it sucked because it was, you know, windowed and weird and trying to then interact with that on an iPad with like a UI interface that's built for a kind of a PC and it's just virtual computer was, was, was bad. And I could like, Oh, well, let me turn all these settings up to very high. Like how far. So once I can get in and tinker, mm-hmm. 
that is kind of a negative in some way instead of just like the service telling me this is the best possible like i'm a person who uses the geforce experience almost exclusively um on games to be like optimize this for me you know wizards in my computer i will trust you from there and then maybe i'll try to like bump up shadow detail one more bump and see mm-hmm. how i'm doing and uh, on geforce now having that access to the pc settings i don't know how far i can push like oh why is this this like maybe i guess that's a question for you Corey. like is that a feature or a bug is that like hey go in and tweak it and see what you can get out of it or is it yeah people are going to mess things up (laughs) well i mean i think the way to think about it is that geforce now is built for pc gamers and what does it mean to be a pc gamer right it means you know, limited access. It means being able to tinker. It means being able to break things. That's right. kind of the, the, the real core defining feature of, of playing on that platform is that you get, you get more access than you really would expect if you were playing on a console or on a handheld or something like that. With great power so, comes great responsibility. <clears throat> exactly. Yeah. So the way, the way we, the way we make this work on GeForce now is we optimize those games whenever you launch a session, right? You're in the GFN app, you click play, it launches your streaming session, you connect to our cloud gaming servers, right? Our, our big, crazy supercomputers that we should be using for responsible things, but we're using for games. <laughs> and and we, based on your internet connection and, and what the game really requires, we're optimizing that game to the right settings. Since you're playing the real PC version of the game, though, you have full access to all those options that'd be in the in the same version of the game that you download through Steam on your computer, right? Which means you can go and you can tweak those. You can make it run the way you want. That's kind of a, a conscious choice on our part. You know, if you were playing if you were playing on a, a console game, you may not have the same number of those option settings because they want to customize the experience for what they know is completely going to run on, on an Xbox or a, a PS five, but that's not what being a PC gamer is. And, and NVIDIA made a decision to not try to give you some sort of walled in, like we, we don't want you to rebuy games, right? The average steam user has like 60 games in their, in their library regardless of what platform they're really playing on. They could be like logging in on Mac or whatever. And the Steam sales that happen, like there's a Steam sale happening right now on <laughs> on Halloween games. Like it's crazy how easy it is to get games into your library. Why should you have to rebuy those, right? So yeah. we're we're supporting those real PC versions of the games. And that means that you can go in and tweak settings. But the nice thing about the RTX 3080 membership that you've been using is that when you customize those settings, they stay normally for a priority user or even for our free trial users, like we keep re-optimizing every session that you do. Now with, with your great power comes great responsibility. If you set everything to some <laughs> setting that like suddenly minimizes your screen when you press the X button, that's kind of on you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but when we, but when you launch guardians, like, especially if you're playing it on PC, if you're playing it on like a 1440 P monitor or like 144 Hertz monitor or whatever, you should be getting 1440 P in that stream in game rendering as fast as it can and getting you 120 frames per second in that, in the, in the stream that you're getting. Yeah. And that should feel really good. It, yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's extraordinary it, that, you know, it, that you are able to get the response time that low that, it, I mean, it is, as Christian said, you know, nearly indistinguishable from running it locally. Um, I'll throw a quick asterisk, internet connection, data center. Blo- I don't want to say my experience will be your experience. Yeah. I am saying that this is legit, just my regular home experience. And yeah. that's how it played. What's your usual 
down uh, megabits per second, Christian? Uh, just shy of 200. Yeah. So it's, you know, you're not screaming fast. You're not gigabit or anything, but, you know. It's... And, and But even more important than that is, like, how, how many jumps you have between you and the server right, that you're connecting right. to, right? Or, like, yeah. what what is your router like in your home? It's, you know. Yeah. People, people and have like 10 year old routers. Like we, we right. obviously getting a better router also helps. So yeah. there's a lot of factors that go into cloud gaming in general for, for getting you that experience. But the one thing that we can control is the kind of hardware that you're connecting to in the server. And that's what this new membership brings, bringing in these GeForce now super pods as our marketing yeah. materials told you about and, and <laughs> using, get, using the kind of hardware that, this, these server GPUs provide, they give you that RTX 3080 class of gaming is what we're really shooting for. The, the thing that's really interesting to me about your feedback, Christian, is that you always approach this from the perspective of, I can play anywhere. Mm-hmm. I can play across all of my devices. And I think that's really great. I think that's one big promise for, for cloud gaming. But for GeForce Now, really a lot of the, our users are people who aren't as lucky as the three of us to be able to have really great PCs. Right. right aspirational PC gamers are where it's at. And, and yeah. so many of the people who connect to, to seem to play a game are on maybe like some really old laptop with an integrated graphics card. Like yeah, they can't right. play the kind of 3d games that they want. GeForce now is about giving you that better experience, right? Helping everybody be a PC gamer and, and, yeah. and kind of breaking the mold of like, you have to have a $5,000 gaming rig. Right. That's, that's the bit that gets me most excited about working on it. Oh, totally. Well, I think that's where it- yeah, I mean, it's it's a big yeah, difference yeah. between us going. Are we going to use our local 3080s? Or are we going to use the cloud 3080? Yeah. You know, it's a very privileged position to be talking from. But you're absolutely right. I mean, the, the jaw dropping moment for me was was that day, Christian, you and I uh, loaded up. Uh, I think Control or whatever it was on my you know on my Google Chrome like piece of junk laptop, and I was like. I can't believe what I'm seeing with my eyeballs. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's, you're absolutely right, Corey. That's the thing that's going to make it transcend is when it doesn't matter. And, and we, one of the things we say over and over is, it's like, what, what do you already own? What, mm-hmm. There's something, you already own something that could play games with ray tracing. I mean, that's pretty wild to think. Yeah. Um, and I think that's going to be a real game changer for a lot of folks. Like you said, that, you know, that aren't in the PC gaming space or are, aren't even really in the, you know, the high-end console space. They're, they're just kind of priced out of it and now don't necessarily have to be because uh, this is a much lower cost way to play games at their best looking version. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think for me, uh, hi, subreddit, for me, um, it's... I take a drink every time too, so... <laughs> Oh, I should keep saying we might have might, we got to, get to see that forty eighty or forty ninety after all. Um, cons- people that I've talked to, the consumers seem more comfortable with renting content than renting the device to play said content on. Mm-hmm. I love the idea of owning my games, the the GeForce Now model. Like I have this game. But I, I do think that for the person who doesn't own anything to run it natively, owning that game doesn't matter to them because they kind of only own it as long as they own access to a thing that can play it. Yeah. And, and GeForce Now is positioned so differently than I think almost 
I mean, it's like Shadow PC, and I know there are others where you can rent access to a high-end PC. I think it's Shadow. Um, but across music, Netflix, whatever, you are renting content. Mm-hmm. That's what your subscription is covering. Yes, Netflix offers the 4K HDR tier or whatever, where you're like getting that content slightly sharper. Um, but the idea of, uh, you know, when you're price shopping, like, oh, I'm going to pay for this thing. And I know there are free to play games. Apex, there's a great, you know, catalog of free to play games on Almost GeForce 100 Now. 100 free to play games. I would be fired if I didn't point them out. Like, See, that's, when that's you, the person who works for the company versus me being like, there's a lot. Um, yeah. and, and they're the games that they're, they're the games that a lot of people are, are playing, right? Like, sometimes when we when when the three of us for example the kind of gamers that we are talk about the games that we want to play it is very much like how our parents used to think about like owning or even kids now think about buying vinyl and owning the music right yeah and there was this paradigm shift about how much you own the content or not um so many people play these free-to-play games like apex like Fortnite, like uh games that i can't think of because i can only ever think of apex and Fortnite. um and and we want to be able to give them a, a, a way to play that at the quality that those games deserve, right? Um, and they they approach the idea of owning games very differently than like we would. Like I, yeah. I I want to go and I want to buy the physical version of Metroid Dread. I want to have that. I want to put that on my shelf. Not everybody is like that though. So it yeah. the, the question of like yeah. what what is it like to have con- access to content that like revolves on a monthly basis in like a Netflix model versus what we're doing on GeForce now, which is really about kind of what Nvidia is good at, which is the technology, the hardware. Yeah. Like we want to give you the experience, and you can bring the games to it. Well, I think that's kind of and, and I mentioned this, and then we can we you know I'm okay moving on. I'm sure I will talk about this more. Sorry, uh, audience. Um, but as I was looking at what my use case would be for a steam deck and a price point so nvidia for geforce now for 3080 tiers $200 a year um uh steam deck i think started at 500 maybe they had a 400 which was like no memory um you know like how long is the tech in that steam deck good like right now it's like you can run control you can run modern games at Mm -hmm. medium to high settings this is valve's marketing for steam deck um it's like okay well that's 500 whatever it is 600 bucks whatever it ends up being 700 bucks for the one i think i put five dollars down on it's like okay and then i have this and i can run these things locally i can play it on a plane a train uh, anywhere with john candy rest in peace um planes <laughs> trains or automobiles um but or in the back of a uh cube truck as i get this mom home to her kids um <laughs> But is that worth that money versus the $200 subscription access to have access to these games still portable, but require good internet, but better versions of those games? And to me, that was a turning point in terms of that value proposition of like, oh, yeah, this makes sense. I'm not going to be tethered to old, unupgradable tech where I'll be dialing requirements down to play the games that are coming out. Instead, I will have access to the arguably the best versions of these games. As long as my internet can support it. Well, Christian, super compelling. Just run GeForce now on your steam deck, bro. But I don't need the steam deck. (sighs) Why blow your mind? (sighs) 
no, no. What? The point is that I don't I, need it. I'm contractually obligated to say that we haven't touched a Steam Deck. I haven't seen a Steam Deck. I don't know if GeForce <laughs> now will run on a Steam Deck. Oh, it's uh, that's not an announcement or anything. <laughs> but you know, you're you're, you're, you're running you're running through the numbers, right? Of figuring out like. I want to min max the experience that I'm going to have. Right. At the end of the day, we're, we're all nerds. We want to have everything. I want to have three steam decks. I want to have four <laughs> Oculus rifts. Yeah. I want to play all the games from the cloud and beam them into my eyeballs. But, but I, th- we do think that GeForce Now's RTX 3080 membership at $99 for six months is like, it's, it's about $17 a month for a kind of a $2,000 gaming rig. And that's, we think is compelling. It could be good for that six months while you're, while you're getting ready to, to play games on a steam deck or to upgrade your PC. It could be the way that you suddenly want to play because you're, you're playing on a shield TV and you, you dig the 4k HDR. Um, we, we, we think it's a good first step, but we're like, everybody laughs at me for saying this in, in, in like the GeForce now in the cloud gaming community, but like we are just getting started. We are yeah, at I'm, the beginning of what this technology can really do. We're super, super excited about it. I think that's clear. Yeah, I mean, I think I think this is this is the dawn, right? But yeah. also, it's interesting to me, and you probably can't speak to this actually, but I'll ask it anyway. It's interesting to me that the branding is built around the 3080, which is sort of you know the you know, the flagship top tier product from Nvidia. Mm-hmm. One assumes that that won't be the case forever. Uh, there no, will throw be, it in the trash. Throw it. Right. There in will be the there will be a garbage trash. piece of garbage piece of tech at, at some point, uh, and uh, Nvidia will be ha- will have something else. Is is this subscription going to scale as that progresses, or will there be diff- new? You know, the forty eighty t. Or I'm sure you can't answer that, but well, what, what I, I mean, what I can't answer, I can talk about what this change means for members currently, right? Because we do still have the 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 type of hardware that had been fueling GeForce now for the past couple of years is, is already deployed in like the 40 data centers across the you know, you, uh, North America and, and Europe. Right. And that gets you, that's, that's what our priority members who had been paying like nine ninety nine a month for, for, you know, access to those cloud gaming servers. That's what they had been getting for the past couple of years. And that's getting you like RTX 2080 sort of, power yeah. right which is still pretty good still pretty yeah, fun and that's still an option like we that is, that is still something that we offer because we think that's really valuable for people to have not everybody can drop a hundred dollars you know every six months and away they go but bringing in bringing in this this new class of experience means that we're just adding more capacity right mm-hmm. we're we're creating more availability for people to be able to play mm-hmm. um and as that as, as, you know, as technology advances and as we add more capacity, we'll continue to, to, to build that experience for people. That's, that's the promise of what we want to build, but it's not about making anything outdated. It's really just getting, getting more people access to the kind of hardware that they, they want to have to play the games at the quality that they deserve. It's pretty exciting. And as you said, it's the, just the beginning of of how this is going to be. I feel like we're talking about you know, Netflix in the, in the days when they would also send you a disc and a sleeve in the mail, you know, and it's yeah. like, well, there's this new way you can watch movies. And I, I think we're right there in the video game industry. And, and in five years, it's going to be a completely different landscape. And this will, you know, th- this will feel more like Netflix and Amazon prime now, uh, you know, so really we'll cool. From the dawn to the forbidden West as the clear, the clear progression. Yeah. But yeah. I, I mean, I got to ask, and I thank you for, for even bringing me on to have the opportunity to talk about 
this, this service that I love working on. Right. But I got to ask the really important question, which is what did you think of guardians of the galaxy? Well, we should get, we should get to the games that we've actually been playing and, and, and talk <laughs> about that. Cause I really want to talk about guardians of the galaxy, but yeah. I do owe a commercial first. And that is for ritual, which I am pleased to talk about because you know, as much as we're talking about the right thing to do for uh, for your gaming experience and your eyeballs, you want to do the same thing. Nurture your body. Put good things, not just in your eyeballs, put good things in your body. That's a terrible uh, segue, but I'm trying. Say, ritual is a way to fill in all those gaps in your nutrition. Now, even if you are eating right, even if you're doing, you know, doing right by your body, and trying to have a, a balanced diet, there are still going to be gaps in your diet, and those should not be ignored. Over 97% of women aged 19 to 50 are not getting enough vitamin D from their diet. 95% are not getting their recommended daily intake of key omega-3s. That is why my wife takes Rituals Essential for Women, the 18 and over multivitamin, every day. That multivitamin was formulated by exhaustive research to help fulfill all of the requirements that your body needs, the nutritional gaps in the diets of women ages 18 and over. It is formulated with nutrients to help support brain health, bone health, blood health, and provide antioxidant support. Ritual also invested in gold standard university-led clinical trials to prove the impact of the essential for women 18 and over multivitamin. The results were that the multivitamin was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in as little as 12 weeks. And that clinical study was published in leading scientific journal, Frontiers in Nutrition. This is something that my wife has really committed to, to and the reason she likes it, not just because of the numbers, which are impressive, but because... The multivitamin also was designed to be able to be taken on an empty stomach uh, and for people with, with uh, sensitive stomachs, which my wife has. She doesn't have to worry about fitting it into a schedule of, of eating time. She can take it whenever it's convenient for her. It's, it's pretty great. So right now, Ritual is offering listeners of DLC 10% off your first three months. If you visit ritual.com slash DLC, you can turn healthy habits into a ritual. You get 10% off at ritual.com slash DLC. My wife swears by it. She really enjoys it. I think you will too. 10% off. Go to ritual.com slash DLC. All right. Let's talk about the games that we've been playing. If you want to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy, I am happy to do that. Uh, I am over 10 hours into it. It's about a 20-hour game, so I'm guessing I'm about halfway. I don't know how far, Christian, you are in it. But for me, it is uh, definitely in the game of the year category, in the conversation. It is phenomenal. I cannot em believe, cannot believe how good this game fun. is. Fun. Phenomenal. It is like so, I know, Christian, both of us were, I mean, you way more than me, but both of us were a little skeptical <laughs> I know you were like, ah, this game's going to be not that good. You were, you were thinking it was going to feel like Avengers. I don't know how you feel, but I am, I cannot believe how good this game is. Yeah, I will. Uh, I am never wrong and I will never uh, eat crow. Um, I think that 
the way this game was first unveiled did a disservice to how excellent this game is. I was very uh, cautious going into this game. You can listen to past several, I think even just last week's episode, I was, I had strong reservations about the guardians of the galaxy game. And I was wrong. Um, Or they've all been put to rest. I, I think the game is phenomenal. I think the writing is top notch. Um, top notch. It's like watching she, a, a movie. It's like it's like experiencing a movie. I, I had her name good. called up, and I've lost. She, but she wrote on Deus Ex. Like, of course, it's incredible because she's incredible and, and written incredible stuff. Um, and, and clearly was given a priority in terms of telling this story. And I, I think the initial launch stuff. Um, and I think I talked about this on the show as well. Like the later when they actually showed gameplay, and we started seeing some of that stuff like recently, like this past week before the game came out, I thought it started to look better. The initial reveal stuff, I think made a mistake about who Star-Lord is and why Star-Lord is an endearing character. That initial reveal stuff portrayed Star-Lord as the lucky buffoon. And I'm sick of that type of protagonist. That is a part of who Star-Lord is, certainly. But Star-Lord, what, what makes him an, an, an endearing character in the comics, and I think also in Chris Pratt's portrayal of him in the MCU, is his heart. Star-Lord deeply cares. In some ways, Star-Lord is the Ted Lasso of, of superheroes. Like, he <laughs> loves his team. He believes in them. He checks in on them. He wants to make everybody happy, sometimes to the detriment of a mission. And when this game first premiered, it was just like, <laughs> I'm Star-Lord the dude bro and that isn't a, a protagonist I want to spend 20 hours with but the version of Star-Lord in the game is fully realized full of heart um the character dynamic is exceptionally written the interplay between characters and and cutscenes and also the limited I, I say limited they happen frequently in the game but limited in terms of you're not going to change the the end of the game. I but the don't. Character- you change a lot, dude. You change a lot. <laughs> this 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 game to me feels like what if Mass Effect and Uncharted had a baby? Yeah, and it was I set in the MCU. A- I mean, it, it does. It feels and it's like a baseball game, and you're a captain of a ship. Yeah, I mean, it feels like you are kind of a captain of a ship. Actually. You are definitely a captain ah. of a ship, not, not just kind of uh, the the experience of playing Uncharted feels like. What if you got to play through a, a movie, like a big budget Hollywood action film? It is linear, but there's a lot of, you know, it's much bigger than a movie. Obviously, these are like eight to 10 hour games. This one's a 20 hour game. But it's that it's that feeling of being in a big narrative experience that goes from A to B to C. That's the, that's the experience you get here. And one of the things that I think the Uncharted and Naughty Dog in general does really really well is it puts you in a single player experience but surrounds you with characters that feel alive and vibrant and are commenting and interacting with you uh throughout i think guardians out does that it does it better than any uncharted game any naughty dog game because you've got four other characters with you nearly constantly and the amount of interactions that you have i mean it, it, I think it trumps anything that the that Naughty Dog games do. I mean, they are even little things that I'm doing in the game are commented on or acknowledged by the team members. Mm-hmm. There's jokes. There's there's big moments and little moments. I go off the beaten path and I find a, a collectible. 
characters are commenting on it, talking about it, asking me what I'm doing. Why are you going over there, Peter Quill? You know, it's it's it the, it feels like you are at the center of a living, breathing world that is noticing what you're doing. Is it, but it's not like a video game noticing what you're doing. It's these characters who are making jokes and have opinions and are really well realized and not exactly the movie version of these characters, but have their own identity that's, you know, very similar, yeah. but unique as well. I think they did a it's great the, job. It, Sorry, Kurt, real the, quick, um, just to the characters. I think they did a great job pulling. And I've talked about this uh, in terms of what Rocksteady had done in the past as well. They did a really great job boiling down the essence of these characters. They are not yeah. the MCU version. They're also not the most recent, uh, you know, run in the comics, but the core of each of these characters is there and represented and they it's done smartly and, and expertly pulled off. It seems like it's done kind of similarly, similarly to what Insomniac did with Spider-Man, right? You have the core, yes. but you have enough changes and details that you, it kind of feels like your own new version of Spider-Man. I, Same with these characters. The, the sentence I'm about to say, I never thought I was going to say, but I think this is as good a video game version of guardians of the galaxy as the sony spider-man games are a version of spider-man in the video game print it and put it on the box i mean it's, it, i mean it's a right very clumsy there. sentence there is no box said, Corey. But... it's in the cloud i'm playing in the cloud <laughs> there's no box <laughs> to go to go back to what you were saying though jeff about about comparing it to mass effect like that the the, the focus being on you in that video game way is always about like you're the big protagonist it's about your hero's journey right and what i've seen i've mostly this is this is one of the first games that i've really only experienced through watching twitch streamers this past week i haven't gotten to play yet but what i keep noticing is that the focus is on you but it shifts away from you because the focus is always on the group yeah and, and seeing it, those seeing those dynamics play out between them sometimes means it's pulling the focus away from you and you actually want to turn and see what they're doing yeah and i, and I think, think that's i really think that's the best parts of the mass effect games at least were for me and you know christian i know that one of the big your, one of your big question marks going into this game was you know how does it how does playing a a team a fictional team that is cool and has a lot of different facets why do i only get to play one of those people and i think the the way the game answers that is very clever it is it's a leadership simulator it's really attempting in in a way i don't know any other video game really has tried to sort of convey the the difficulty of managing other people and i think mass effect is really the only game that's kind of touched on that that i can think of but you are you are managing you are making decisions throughout the game and they have big effects. I think, uh, I mean, I've only played through one way, but it seems very clear that there are some big moments that would have gone very differently if I had made a different decision. And well, even if they don't, the illusion of your choice mattering, I right. think is important. Even if it, you do the other one, they're like, okay, well, we thought you were going to say this. So that's fine. But the fact that it feels impactful, I think is all that matters for a playthrough of a game. Yes. But even the illusion here is different from Mass Effect, right? Because at the end of the day, it always still kind of feels like everybody's there, like looking up to Shepard. It's all about Shepard. Yeah. What I've seen of Guardians is that it's it's not... It's not always necessarily about you, but it is about you leading the group. Right. That's a great way of putting it, Jeff. And, and I mean, even down to the combat, which I find very, very fun. I think the combat is every other character in the Guardians of the Galaxy seems to be an extension of 
Peter's leadership in combat. Like you have to decide it, it, it may as well be using your abilities, except they just happen to be executed by other players on the field. But then there are these cool moments, and I've never seen another game do this, where you like, you know, you charge up you, your superpower, and your superpower is literally calling a huddle in the middle of combat and having everybody gather around you and then listening to them. Like that's the core functionality of the moment is you listen and you try to pick up on clues on what they need to hear in this moment. Yeah. It's really clever. I've never seen anybody try that. I think it's it's super smart. It's a completely different facet of the game. Uh, and it maybe is a little hokey. I mean, Christian, you you said the Ted Lasso of video game characters. And it is, it's a little like, it's a little hokey and a little... Um, a little uh, unabashedly idealistic. And I love it for that. That's what yeah. Star-Lord is. I mean, that's a big part of the character, I think. And I love that that's in the game. And he's not just, you know, dude, br- reductive Indiana Jones. Because people right. have reduced Indiana Jones to this buffoon character too. And that's not what Indy is. Indy also is full of heart and passion and all this stuff. And I think sometimes we move away from that in terms of this nondescript video game protagonist male that is boring and, and to see Peter still have these leadership heart character um, traits in this version of him is, is awesome. And, you know, I think I, I've complained before on the show about uh, how dialogue in video games is so static and so boring. It's literally like a face staring at you. And now you talk for 15 minutes with this face staring at you. Nothing like that ever happens. Everything is cinematic. Everything is happening as you're playing, you're talking. And I think it, it throws the gauntlet down to somebody like a naughty dog where, yes, I love that, that Nate and, 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 um, Scully, Scully, not Scully. That's Mulder and Scully. Sully. Sully. Sully, Sorry. Do you know why you didn't know that Jeff? Because you're unsullied. Thank you. Uh, the, the, how Nate and Sully are bantering back and forth as I'm going. I love how like I'm going, I'm climbing, they're talking story is happening as gameplay is happening. It's not a pause of the game to, talk and then go back to the game this game does that but i feel like it throws the gauntlet down to naughty dog and went okay what about that but also i'm still making choices i'm still shooting off this conversation in ways that i decide and have repercussions have ramifications to how the story is presented i'm i'm either you know i'm choosing between characters in the team and it's in angering some and pleasing others i'm just sort of sculpting how, what kind of character I want to be based on the choices that that play out over the course of dialogue in the course of gameplay. It's yeah, that don't that don't stop and have you like yes, make the decision. Yes, yeah. it's great. It's great. It's this game does. It's a dynamic RPG dialogue tree, and it just it it makes everything feel so much more living. But like this is what need needs to happen with video games is we have to learn that like all of these things need to happen at the same time. It doesn't have to be yeah. like these little walled gardens of okay, a moment of dialogue decision and then a moment of of gameplay decision. It. All of it in Guardians of the Galaxy is flowing together and overlapping, and it it never slows down. You're solving puzzles and getting into fights and having conversations and just living inside this really well-written, beautiful world. Oh, my God. We haven't even talked about the graphics. I was going to say, we need to talk about it. It's the best-looking video game I've ever seen, bar none. We're both playing on PC. And I'm also playing in the cloud, but also still still on a fancy PC. Um, 
the diversity of environments I think is incredible, but also just the character design. Like when they do go in for faces for the talkies, yeah. it's, it's it's like it's stunning. It's, it's like it's absolutely um, stunning. Um, oh, the um, you know, it's like um, Mortal Kombat or uh, what's the you know, Injustice. It like remember how we talked about like wow, those it looks like actors wearing makeup, you know. Yeah. But oh well, it's a fighting game. You have an op- the opportunity to do that. Well, here's basically the equivalent of that in a much you know bigger context but i love how they took the opportunity that guardians provides both from a sort of lore perspective of all these crazy environments that you get to go to and crazy alien characters that you get to go to but also the 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 palette that the movies drew from which was very colorful and interesting and and vibrant and they ran with it with the video game where it's in every new location you get to is this opportunity for the designers to show off what this engine can do. I mean, every new planet I went to was like, I can't wait to see what this one's going to look like. I mean, I just got to a point in the game where I'm, I'm like, this is the most beautiful video game level I've ever seen in my life. And I think the first level is one of the most beautiful video. I mean, it's, it's so inventive and cool and interesting and also reverent to Marvel lore. There's tons of, cool Tons inside of, marvel jokes yeah. and and easter eggs the skins that they bring in just being yeah. all the different you know one of my favorite things about marvel ultimate alliance way back in the day was like how much it loved that history yeah. of all mm-hmm. those marvel characters and gave you the different skins this does that too it just demonstrate what you're really saying i hear here is like it just demonstrates how well the 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 developers got the ip a hundred percent which doesn't just it's so rare to see that happen. They just got it. They understood what worked about Guardians of the Galaxy. What made people want to go see those movies five or six, seven times? Yes. The the characters and the ridiculous visuals. It and is. Uh, I looked shocking. it up. It's go ahead. Mary Demar. De, Mary D. Demarl. I think is how you would say her last say. name. But she wrote on Deus Ex and uh, Mist Games, Homeworld. Like just incredible. Uh, pedigree of writing great writing the, the lead I mean, the, writer of this it's so, so smart it's funny but not like that's a joke it's just it happens yeah. yeah like the humor just happens my only gripe i mean one of my only gripes about this game i have two i have two gripes about the game one is um often i cut off d- delightful dialogue by just walking too far or doing so or doing something else interesting and then it like shifts over it's just sort of incidental but the dialogue is so fun i want to hear it and it bums me out sometimes i'm like oh i'm gonna i'm never gonna hear that little exchange because i progress to the next point and it, it cut off i know that the spider-man games were really great about you know you would do it a thing and then back it, up again he'd be yeah. like so where was i oh right and then it would yeah. like they had these cool little transitions to get back to what you would were hearing um, so that's one gripe. My other only gripe is this game is stunning at 32.9 in super ultra wide. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, it is like, I can't even believe what I'm seeing, how beautiful this game is on my super ultra wide monitor. Gorgeous. But nine times out of 10, the cutscenes. It, it does this actually lovely transition where it doesn't just cut to a smaller image. It it folds the edges in. They'll just sort of like scroll in slowly and you it narrows the screen, kind of like bars coming at the top and bottom uh, that games often yeah. do, except this is from the edges. But I don't know why. Like, like, I get that you are showing me that we're in a cutscene and I'm no longer controlling the game. 
but it doesn't do that on 16 by nine. It doesn't make it four by three right. for me or something. Yeah, you know? and like, it doesn't have to do it. It's still definitely an engine. It's just, it transitions the burden slowly. of ultra wide. It's the burden of ultra wide. But then like sometimes it doesn't do that. And the cutscenes are incredible because they're still in super ultra wide. And you're like, well, just do never do that. Why why do you do it sometimes? <laughs> anyway, so that's my only other nit. But I think this is a full-on game of the year candidate. I'm it's my biggest surprise of the year. Even yeah. as much as I was looking forward to it, I had this little voice in the back of my head named Christian Spicer telling me that it's probably gonna suck this game. You know, and there was, was no indication it, it was going to be this good. Right. It didn't look good. Truly. I'll be honest. Uh, I think I said this. We got codes. I don't think I'd be playing it, but for getting a code. I, I mean, I would have seen the reviews would be like, well, I'm still a, I got to wrap. I got to do this. I don't know. I'll wait. And uh, I'm glad I didn't. It's, it's incredible. My, this is opposite of a knit. I will say the combat is more fun to play than it is to watch. I think because even watching some of the in the gameplay footage that made the game look better as it got closer to release, um, Star Lord, because you're running and gunning a lot, does this thing where he's running one way and like kind of shooting behind him, and it's awkward. Oftentimes in third person shooters, it's awkward with that torso run. And if you're just watching it, I think it looks still to me. I, I think it looks a little disjointed. The animations are good, but I don't know how you. I don't know if a game has honestly captured that really, really well yet in a fast moving third person, you're able to run and shoot and dash and do all this stuff. But when you're playing it, none of that bothers me at all. It's super fun to go from shooting to melee to boosting to activating my teammates to then slide in and do a melee and run and shoot. Um, So I think if you are kind of put off by the combat, do yourself a favor. and, and, And if everything else looks good to you, I can almost guarantee that the combat is is more fun to play than it is just to watch. I agree. I, yeah. The combat I, I find to be delightful. I, there are so many decisions that I can be making at any given time. Uh, and you keep unlocking new abilities as mm-hmm. you progress. And his, you know, not to spoil anything, but his gun starts doing new things. And, you know, about midway through the game, you have so many cool decisions to be making on the battlefield at any given time. It's dynamic. It's interesting. It's challenging. I, I love. So there's a couple of fights where I would die and be like, "Oh my god, I can't wait to get a- another shot at this." It, it's, it feels like this cool symphony of of destruction that's happening all around you. It, it, you know, I'm so impressed with this game. I, it, it really bums me out that the Avengers game is so lackluster in comparison because I have so much more affinity for the Avengers characters than i do the guardians of the galaxies characters i want an avengers game that feels this fun um yeah the avengers game it, this it makes me just even more bummed on the avengers game yes, but by, the, but by the same token it makes sense that the guardians would be more fun i guess <laughs> right. i mean that, I, is, I, that is the whole it's just deal. a better game it i think is just, you could still you have, have a lot of better fun. game it, it, if you had the caliber of writing you could still make jokes it wouldn't be the same kinds yeah. of jokes with the avengers you could still it could still be fun and irreverent and and funny and then serious and you know and that's what this game is like yeah it's is that is that also part of what spooked you guys about guardians that you know when when the avengers game came out and it did live up to those expectations it sort of makes guardians feel like oh is this going to be more the same yes that might be the biggest hurdle that they have to get across i think we both looked at the at the the announcement of this game and went it's going to be the the same heartbreak yeah you know and it's it's couldn't be farther from the truth 
Yeah, and that initial reveal of Quill, I think, uh, sold the character the wrong way. I don't think that's the, yeah. what people find appealing about Peter Quill. It's not the I'm a doofus protagonist. I, I, I don't think that's why people cosplay as him and, and love the character. I think it's I mean, everything else about the character. I don't want to spoil anything, but there's some really interesting character stuff they do with that with him in, in this and some really interesting decisions. Like just little dialogue moments of him like taking responsibility for things or not or def deflecting to other people is I found it I found myself role playing much more strongly than I thought I would in a game like this. I I really was crafting the kind of expression of that character that I wanted to play. And there's a ton of it. There's not it's not like oh you get to a cutscene and you make one decision or another decision. You're constantly given options of how you'd like this character to express itself. And it goes a long way into making me feel ownership and, and, you know, immersion into that world. And I mean, they do so many things right in this game. I'm, I'm shocked. I'm shocked. Shocked. And the last thing I'll say, Corey, uh, also, cause you're on. So people can call me Peter Schill if they would want instead of Peter Quill. I uh, PC <laughs> ray tracing DLSS. Um, Super ultra wide. Just, imagine your frame <laughs> imagine your frame rate is just crushing though dude right like yes it's Silky a smooth. rock solid beautiful game i have not i've read online about some people having pc port problems again the bulk of my time has been in the cloud which is also dlss and retracing which is wild <laughs> but um i haven't encountered any pc quality or pc build errors um and yeah. it is no bugs. i imagine it looks great on consoles too i don't know but it is stunning with the wizardry of you know rtx and, and the things that these gpus are doing and again i understand that i'm in a privileged privileged position but i have to say seeing this game is super ultra wide <laughs> like there are sequences <laughs> where you're like walking to a place or you enter a new area for the first time and it just like you're in encased you're engulfed in this gorgeous world i mean truly one of the, I mean, I don't even know if I can say one of the, it's the most beautiful video game I've ever played. It's I'd, that good. I, I'd buy the Star Fox expansion game they make, right? Like there's enough of it in here that I want a full game of yeah. being the, Star Fox. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Guardians of the Galaxy, huge. I, I'm, huge. I'm, I'm honest, guys. Like I could just listen to you guys talk about this all day. Well, like, you don't get that opportunity because now I want to hear you... <laughs> I want to hear you talk specifically. I mean, there's a, you have a few games on your list here, and I want to get to all of them. But I, are any of them going to live up to that? Though? Well, I want to hear about Jupiter Hell because I've heard people real, talk. Real quick, okay. sorry, Jeff. Real quick, Corey, you you know this, you know Jeff. Um, unfortunately, nothing lives up to Jeff talking about a game he moderately kind of thinks is okay. Like I yeah. can think the game's the best thing in the world, and I'll heap praise on it, and I'll do my best to sell it, and then people will be like, "Man, Christian was really hard on The Last of Us Part Two," and I'll be like, "What?" And then they'll be like. <sighs> Jeff will describe one card game of 80 that he's playing and be like, this isn't the best, but, and people will be like, Jeff totally sold me wow. with his passion and praise. So it doesn't matter what you say, Corey, it will not live up. Just have yeah, Jeff describe the, it the for you. The implication is that I'm yeah. disingenuous, which I am not. No, it's not. The implication no, is that. The, the, no, the implication is, is that you love loving. I do love loving. So you're doing it, it already. Speaking of which. People I, are like, why is Christian poo-pooing on this thing? I'm not. I'm heaping praise on it. I can't wait. I can't wait, Corey, until you, uh, you say you're, you're about to start playing Inscription. I think Inscription is. I started this morning. It's so good. Oh my God. So, so no spoilers. I'm going into this very blind, but can I just say that the very, just the presentation yeah. of this game 
is enough to win you. So over. confident. And I, I, yeah. This may be how I spend the rest of the weekend. This is probably what's going to keep me from starting Guardians because now that I've started it this morning, I actually I don't want to stop playing. It's really good. This is extremely my vibe. Yeah. Inscription is is a gem that more people need to know yeah. about. Uh, but I want to hear about Jupiter Hell because this is a game sure. that I have almost bought a couple of times. Uh, and I just, this is actually probably my game. Of really? Day, so okay. Far. Tell me about yeah. it. I just and it's not, it is certainly not working. everybody's cup of tea, yeah. right? But the, when you say doom and roguelike, yeah. that's catnip for <laughs> right. me. And I'm just going to jump up and down for it. That's, that's what this is. Um, you know, there, there was a, a fan port of a, of a roguelike version of doom that came out, I don't know, like seven, eight years ago. And, and those guys eventually got a cease and desist and said, Hey, you probably can't do this. You guys don't own doom. And they're like, okay, cool. We'll go make our own. And that's what Jupiter hell is. And it was a, a, I think it was a Kickstarter game. It was an early access, but it is the concept of being a space Marine on some planet on Mars. Although I think, I think it's a, it's a Mars moon, but they picked completely different moons. <laughs> yeah. From, from what do has nothing to do uses. with doom. This is a different moon of Mars. <laughs> you're, you're a space Marine and you're, you're trying to survive all these demons and these zombie Marines. And you're, you get thrown into the bowels of hell, but it's turn-based every time you take an action, just like in a roguelike in a classic roguelike, all the enemies take their action. And so the, the thing that makes this really great is, is it feels like a ranged roguelike from a gameplay perspective. Most of the time mm-hmm. when you're playing something like a, a Tales of Mejael or something like that, like you're, you're getting a sword and you're going up and you're pushing your arrow button and you're just kind of bumping into the, the creatures to kill them. But for this, cover matters. Um, so, so you spend a lot of time switching between your weapons and taking, taking shots at, at the enemies. Mm-hmm. And what seems like a just a novel concept at the beginning has so much more depth when you start getting into the three different character classes that are available in the game, the different builds that you can build toward. When you start a character, you get your skill tree in front of you, and you can see the 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 like the master traits that you want to build toward. So you start figuring out with each level up that you get, like here's here's what I need to take, but here are some other things that will help synergize with this really well. I've put like 45 hours into wow. this. I've had one victory. Wow. <laughs> one. Jeez. Um, and, and I am, I am a sucker for roguelikes. If, if anybody had listened to gamers with jobs conference call back in the day when I was on like that, that is, that is definitely my jam. So this, this paired with doom, which is still my favorite game of all time, like absolutely works for me. And it's like, it's $25 on steam. Uh, it, it, has a really interesting, it has that, that isometric kind of perspective, yeah. uh, which doesn't make the game look as good as it actually does. I think there are moments in the game where sometimes it zooms in a little bit more and you get a little bit more of the quality of what's going on here. It's just a real crunchy, good roguelike that I'm, I'm definitely enjoying. Will it be on anybody else's game of the year list? I don't know, but it's, it, there's something about playing a game like this with that sort of failure mechanic, like, well, this run didn't go really well, but here's what I learned. Yeah. That's, that's what gets me excited for it. It, it, it. Like I said, it's a game I've almost bought a couple of times. It's 20% off on steam right now. It's 20 bucks. Uh, it's got this yeah. kind of interesting DOS aesthetic to it also yeah. that is, you know, scratches at my nostalgia. Uh, it has, it has a great like doom esque heavy metal soundtrack. <laughs> The the voice actor for the character you always play kind of the same character even if you're doing a different class but the voice actor is is it Mark Miller it's the guy who did Male Shep oh okay in in, uh, in Mass Effect and it's him pretending to be Doom guy 
<laughs> and so you can really, you can really hear him like laying it on thick. There's, it's filled with obscenities. You can turn all those off if you want to, but if you really want to go full Doom Edge Lord, you can keep those on. Just have him like yelling f bombs at, at, at demons as you're shooting at them. But there's also it replicates something which you never get in a roguelike, which is the idea of you can actually like circle strafe around these giant demons mm. that you're fighting. Wow! And it, it 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 really pairs the feeling of playing a first person shooter and a roguelike together in an interesting way. All right. Again, that is called Jupiter Hell. And uh, it's one of the things that Corey has been playing. Uh, what else would you like to talk about? Maybe you guys have touched a lot about Metroid Dread. I'm sure I, I, I love it. I'm, I'm stuck at the last boss, but uh, I, I shotgunned through most of that in a weekend and it was glorious. Probably the other thing I'd probably talk up here is uh, Trials of Fire, which is a little bit more, a little more of a indie kind of hidden gem on Steam, but it's, basically like a, a, a playing a living RPG board game, Ooh, which is super cool. I'm into that. Um, Tales of fire. I don't have it pulled up, so I don't know. Trials I can't of fire, right? The developers trials of fire. Sorry. Uh, trials of fire is what, what boy games evidently what boy games, like I said, pretty, pretty indie runs on unreal engine. Um, and the concept of the game is that you take basically three, it, it's replicating a board game sort of similar to descent right mm-hmm. or or um those those board games where you are definitely moving minis but it has just enough rpg or D mechanics yeah. into it that you're leveling your characters up Gloom and it's also Haven pairing that or, with a, yeah yeah any, anything like yeah that. but it's 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 also pairing it with a card a deck building hmm. mechanic so uh you go into a fight and you get thrown well first off you're in a a, a map where you're kind of running to different interest points and you have a quest that you need to get uh, get to and go and accomplish but you'll ultimately end up in fights and those fights are represented by like rolling out a game board and putting your pieces on the board and then the enemy pieces on the board. Like they all, they all have their own little chits and you have cards based off of the equipment that you've, you've put on or the spells that you've learned and things like that. And so you have to manage the cards that you're being dealt and play them by, you know, by using energy. It's very tabletop. It's extremely tabletop. Yeah. And there's something about this that just really makes it feel good and crunchy while you're playing it. Yeah, um, I have this, and there's enough. I have this. There's game. enough. You have it. You haven't <laughs> played my, it. Just search my Steam Peak library. Steam. I have it. I, I got it in April. This is this is again. This is why GeForce Now is about the, the games that you already own because you probably have more games than you even realize. Yeah. Look, I snuck another one in. Um, this this game feels like when when you can't play one of these crunchy board games with your friends, you can play it here. You've got the the, the games being controlled by like an online DM that you don't have to see. Uh, you can synergize the different decks that you're building for each of your three characters. And you have these quests and little flavor text as you're going along that kind of build up this desolate post-apocalyptic fantasy world that you're in. It's a surprise, but I've, I've really enjoyed this uh, for the past few months. Awesome. Now. Again, that's called Trials of Fire, uh, and it is available on Steam. Looks like it is uh, 16 bucks right now, 20% off as well. Uh, but you honestly that price, that, that price you, points where i live man yeah you like, all probably so own it games. just like jeff I, like, the I price own it. point is it's in your library yeah um you yeah. i don't know if i talked One about it on sales. the show but i think i played a little of it very little of it crazy uh christian do you want to talk about metroid dread anymore i know you're you're on the last boss as well right we, we are that long dude's tough we're long i, I want to talk about it we can talk about it i don't know if Corey has an out or if anybody has an out yeah um i do okay. i do want to talk about that boss should we do it now for a little bit well, I haven't, I haven't 
gotten to that boss. There's no spoilers. So, there yeah. were, I won't. So I'll, I'll I'll speak broadly, and then we can get into specifics at another point. I, I truly do not consider anything I'm going to say a spoiler. Um, the last boss is hard, and yeah. in a way, I I think this game will still be in my top five, but it is in a way that is a a bummer. Um, kind of ruining the hard. experience as a whole for you, or no? Yeah, souring it. Yeah. I mean, um, it, it's it's the kind of boss that really shows you just how much about the game you didn't learn while you were progressing. And I think that's the game's fault. I yeah. I love I love a hard final boss, but I've accumulated so many powers before that moment that I don't know if that boss should be any harder than any other because I'm strong. So. I love a boss battle that makes me use everything that I've learned, as you mentioned, Corey. Like, and it's difficult because, like, oh, I've never had to air dash, freeze, wall climb, ball bounce before, but now, I, and it's kind of shown me how to do all these things, and now I'm doing them all in concert. And what a glorious experience! And I'm going to die a whole bunch, and then it will come together and be euphoric. That's not how this boss plays out, uh, and, and I think that's a bummer because so much of the game before it is doing that. It's, you're getting this yeah. ability, you're doing it. And so I'm curious, Corey, if that's just my experience or similar for how you feel as well. Uh, it's, I, I agree with you in that it is, it's putting to test all the things that you've learned in a way that no other boss has, or no other point in the game really has, especially even if you've like gone back, like I have and tried to unlock all the, the power-ups and mm. find in 100% the map, right? There's a lot of techniques that you have to, relearn yes. in order to do that a lot of the the shine spark stuff that i just cannot do oh my god but um i the way i would position this boss fight is it's an it's it's the biggest endurance test of the game right it's you you can know exactly what you have to do but you have to pull it off with the kind of precision that still gets you through it's punishing it's a, if you make a mistake it's it's a huge skill check right um it hasn't dampened my enjoyment of the game this is at least top three mm. game of the year for me. Right. I, and I, I really truly enjoy this game. I hope Nintendo makes more 2d Metroid games. Yes. I hope this, they really show that there is absolutely an audience for this, but it has definitely got me scared to go back and just keep grinding through the fight. I've probably tied, tried this fight 10 times. I've taken breaks to go and unlock more stuff just to be like, well, I want to spend time in this world, but this fight is really frustrating, but it, it is, it's a skill check and it's, I think if you spent the game playing playing through kind of dabbling with the skills like I have, but still kind of finding your way through, this is the one where the game's like, you didn't do your homework. And I, Go back I, and do your homework. I, again, I think that is a failure of the game, unfortunately. If you look at, and I'm not saying that, this, that Metroid Dread is a Souls game, but uh, if you look at Souls games or other games that are punishing in ways in, in these large battles, you can't skate your way through it. And mm -hmm. t like, yeah, you can maybe cheese a fight where you find a place where you can hide and shoot the dragon with an arrow over and over and over again in the knee, but you know what the game is. And I, 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 I truly think that this game doesn't set you up for this difficulty spike in a way of preparing you for it. It, 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 it feels arcade old school in a way of like, you've done it. Yeah. Good luck, Buttercup. <laughs> and it's I, like, I was not I kind prepared of agree for with this. That. I mean, I, I feel like I do, I, I learn a lot about what I'm supposed to do each time I try it. 
right? Mm. There are, there, there were so, I spent so much of the game not countering, right? And, and countering, countering an enemy in the game is actually a core mechanic that the game tries to get you to do, but you can go through so much of the game by not countering. But then it's not every time it throws these, like, because it, it, skate by without doing it, but then it requires you to do it later. I would argue that it needs to, again, Metroid Sam the Return of Samus or Samus Returns yeah. the the 3DS game that yeah. that Mercury Steam and Nintendo did a few years ago has the same thing the same counter mechanic and the same ability to keep playing through the game without ever really leaning on this mechanic that's super important right but I I think there are probably more people who actually learned from the game and are playing it correctly <laughs> than there are people like you and me who are just like, Oh, we're so fine. We're just going to keep going. So <laughs> I, I can't, <laughs> it, I, 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 I can, I see where you're coming from when you say it's the game's fault. I'm still not mad at the game. This, I mean, this game could be hitting me over the head with bottles. And I, probably love it. <laughs> I mean, we did just talk about Jupiter hell. So I understand where you're coming from. Uh, yeah. I'm clearly a glutton for punishment. I'm the guy who plays Uncharted on <laughs> one yeah. <laughs> I play Uncharted on easy, so um, I like a it's, hard game, but I also like an experience. Jeff, I don't think it's a spoiler to tell you that this is a five-phase fight. That's too many phases. <laughs> like <laughs> it's it is really an endurance check, and it, it t- kudos to anyone who finished this while playing in handheld mode. My hands can't do that. I need a pro controller. I don't know, man. Uh, yeah, it, it's, oof, not not a gr- not is, a great it, look for the end of the game. Just be like, oh, by the way, you wanted to finish it, you can't. That, but the journey. Oh, the I'm sure the journey is great. Is so I'm, I'm going to play good. it. I, if if it hadn't been, if Guardians of the Galaxy hadn't been so phenomenally good, I would have yeah. played it this week. But I was like, oh, I don't want to play anything other than Guardians of the Galaxy right now. So, how yeah. far are you in Metroid? I, ten minutes. I I turned it on and oh, did just a, a early okay. cutscene and like played a little bit of it. I was like, oh, this looks great. And then I went and did something else. Chris, Christian, there's a cutscene in the middle of the game that I think. Uh, it, it it made me gasp out loud. Did it make you gasp out loud? So we'll need to talk. Do not, you know? Do you know what I'm talking about? Not on the show, so that we don't spoil it. Yeah. People. I mean, there were a couple of moments that did that for me in in, in yeah. Metroid Dread, where it's uh oh man, Jake Z in the chat. I had more fun with the final boss than the rest of the game. So yes, there are people that aren't see there that you aren't go. like me. Um, it is a puzzle flex. box. That's just. A, I think Jake Z thirty two should come and teach us how to yeah. video game. Jake is that's the flexing. trick here. Yeah. um but yes i i agree with you Corey. i agree all right guys well we're we're already over two hours and and uh i I definitely want to talk more metroid dread but uh, i also want to play metroid dread so uh uh we we will but Corey, man it's it's so much fun having you on we still have parting gifts coming up so stick around for those but Corey banks it's been way too long since we've had a chance to talk games thank you for being here and thanks for telling us so much stuff about nvidia and all the things you're doing we appreciate it Thank you for having me, man. Like it's, it's been a delight. Clearly I'm making us all go long because I just can't stop being excited about talking about video games. Oh, we love it. We love it. Tell folks where they can keep up with you and the awesome stuff that you are doing. I mean, if you want to know a lot more about my cat, you can definitely follow me on Twitter at Demiurge. Uh, if you're interested in, in NVIDIA GeForce Now, if if what Christian's talking about here has piqued your interest, please go to GeForceNow.com and check it out. Uh, we have a free trial. We have our priority memberships. You can pre-order the RTX 3080 membership. We think it's great for people who want to play PC games but may not have the hardware to get there. Um, and if you're if if you're really super excited about me nerding out about roguelikes, then my Twitter account's probably your jam. Awesome. Christian Spicer, what about you? What do you got going on this week? Hopefully 
watching some good baseball games. That's going to be the and then Halloween. Happy Halloween. <laughs> I hope our audience had a great Halloween. It's Halloween when they're hearing this. Yeah. When they're hearing this. Yeah. But we, happy- we give out full candy bars on DLC, guys. Yeah. That's what we do. That's where, where that house. We, no, we give. Did you guys see the internet rumor of like, be careful? Again, this is dated for people listening already, but like, be careful. Some people are handing out edibles that look like popular oh, so kids' dumb. candy. And it's like, who, who out there, instead of giving a nickel, you know, a nickel worth Snickers yeah. fun size is giving out a $40 bag of also what, and what, what joy does that bring anybody that you don't even get to see the fun results of that. If you, you only know, joy to the parents whatever. who go through the candy and are like, thank you. Yeah, no, uh, yeah. 2408. Uh, I'm, I'm dosing all the kids with full Reese's peanut butter. Cups. I want to watch the sugar rush. Yeah, exactly. Know? Yeah. They're getting, and I, what I do the is, actual candy. bars. <laughs> <laughs> they go, <laughs> go trick or treat. And I go, Oh, I have a treat and I have uh, an iPad set up running destiny 2 via the cloud and i'm like <laughs> wow it's through the cloud look at the light um i don't christian. know why nice pe- i don't know why people think you're a shill christian because <laughs> i'm a believer yeah uh still i love vr even though it's tied to a toxic company canada so we both have our achilles yeah. heel yeah <laughs> Dang. twitter's the best way at spicer i have a neglected now newsletter um but it, it, i i am going to keep at it this I've been writing other things. It's officially called um, an olds letter now. It's thank you. So it's not called. It, it's actually called GeForce Olds. Um, <laughs> TM. Does it? Does is it a? Is it a retro thing? If you call it a zine? Yeah, that's super retro. See, but I don't print it and put it anywhere because I don't go don't, anywhere. Corey. Don't push back against this. Go with it. I'm trying it, to help you. Oh yeah, it lives in the cloud. It's a cloud uh, based <laughs> newsletter. Tinyletter.com/slash/christian/spicer uh, is where you can find <laughs> I, that. I publish a cloud zine. You mean a website? <laughs> yeah, a cloud zine. A cloud zine. Using Squarespace. I can't wait for the TikTok memes about that. That's going to be great. And uh, I'll encourage people again if they are, uh, we have the hashtag uh, Geeks and Sneaks on uh, Peloton if you are writing. It's always fun Me to too. see other people yeah. jumping in for workouts. Yeah, for, uh, yeah. friends. We have, yeah, hashtag Geeks and Sneaks on, on Peloton is, I'm in it. Christian's in it. You can find me. I'm, I'm Jeff Kanata on Peloton if you want to friend me too. I'm in it. Yeah, yeah, do it. Let's I'm do on it. That, yes. I'm on that Peloton, Amazing. baby. I, I also saw Jeff sponsor. did a workout. I was like, oh, game on, Jeff. And then I did the workout. And then Jeff beat me in the workout. And then I don't talk about workouts that I do that Jeff also did. Dude, that is it. <laughs> Peloton, if you're listening, and I know you are, A, sponsor us. B, I need, to be notified. Less a. I need to be notified if my friend does the same workout as me and I beat him. Like I, yeah, I, I that, sh- no- that should be a, a bigger surface thing. Surface that, baby. I had no, I had no yeah. knowledge of that until Christian just brought it up, and that would give me. They're joy. tracking everything else. They might as well track that. Too. Right? They gotta send. They gotta yeah. send me out. Like the app has got to be like, hey, your friend just didn't beat you. I'd be like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's probably because like when I hop on the Peloton and I get a notification that like Jeff Kanata has like forty-seven more splat points than you, I'm just gonna be like, well, I'm gonna go eat my feelings. Now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I think that's what I'm saying. I think it should only an- announce it when your friend didn't beat you. You know, just give, yeah. give you that positive reinforcement. You're this much. If you just try a little bit harder, you c- you two can beat Spicer in this class. <laughs> and I'll grab those those weights off the back. I'll tell you, go. man, when I'm dying in, of- in, in the last couple minutes and I just want to stop, that's all I think about is like Christian might somehow potentially see this. <laughs> Can't let it happen. <laughs> that's fair. Bear Stampede in the chat too also said they love the boss. So that's another, everybody's better than me at Peloton, at Boss Fights. Oh, I guarantee you, I'm not going to be better at you at the boss fight, Christian. I guarantee you that. I'm going to come back yeah, to you and be like, to I, you won't get to the boss fight. That's probably true too. 
Although I hear the game is very short. So I, maybe I will. All right. We're rambling. Sorry. We are but rambling. Uh, hey, I, I, I will just do my plugs real quick. At Jeff Kanata with two N's and one T is the, uh, is the Twitter handle. Uh, other shows slash film. No, not called that anymore. The Filmcast. The Filmcast. Uh, talking about movies and TV shows. We have concerns talking about science, but making it fun and funny. We have concerns.com is where you go for that. The Dungeon Run, we just had our 100th episode. We just had our Halloween one-shot. So if 100 episodes is too much, even though you can jump in on any of them, I do a recap on every episode. But if that's too much, check out the Halloween uh, one-shot. It's a self-contained episode, goofy, crazy. We partnered with a virtual reality studio that does virtual studios for, you know, big, like the NBA. And uh, they created a, a virtual tabletop that looks like the Harry Potter hall it's wild uh, and i created a, a goofy one shot with a bunch of puns and silliness and it's called the quest in question uh check it out that's on youtube you can find it there you can find it as an audio podcast uh, we also stream on twitch twitch.tv slash the dungeon run um okay let's wrap the show up now with our parting gifts hey give us a suggestion Corey, do you have a suggestion to help people get through their week? I think I wrote too many, if I'm honest, Jeff. Um, <laughs> I'll just pick one here. Uh, I'm kind of in love with this band from uh, Galway, Ireland called New Dad, hmm. who do like indie rock. Uh, and there's a song called I Don't Recognize You that you can find on Spotify. It is my jam. They have a new EP out. Uh, it's only like six songs or so that I just keep listening to for like the past few months. Amazing. So, so it's called throw it on, throw it on a playlist. Go have some fun. I don't recognize you by new dad. I love it. Yeah. Very cool. Christian. What about you? Parting gift. I had mentioned it earlier and I've now finished the season. Titans season three. Um, Is it good? Oh, Corey. I, I can't, I was texting with Wombat from cheap ass game. We used to do a show called uninformed opinions. I was a lot about this stuff. And we did a mini episode just via text and <laughs> The amount of major, and I mean major, Batman and Titan storylines that live in 13 episodes of this TV season, mind-blowing. Is it good? No, I don't think so. But I want, I, I can't, <laughs> it doesn't have to be. I can't. It's, it's just like things happen, but they're just said. It's like... Uh, this is a g- generic spoiler, but it's like, yeah, those are Lazarus pits. And it's just like, okay, yeah. And I'm like, what? Th- that's like 200 issues of repercussions. <laughs> like, be careful with that. Why? Well, you got to be careful. Well, that makes sense because we got to be careful. Yep, moving on. And I'm just like, what is happening? It's <laughs> one of my favorite uh, guilty pleasures. And the way it's, it's like the number of characters who die and come, it's like, they're dead. Oh, we're so sad. Well, it's been a minute. It reminds me of the first season of 24. We're like, Jack's uh, wife had uh, amnesia, but since it's 24, it was technically only for like 90 minutes or something, but it was like so serious in the moment. And the doctor's like, she's never going to be able to walk again. Cut to the next hour. She's fine. Running down the track, you know? Oh, Titans season three. It's on HBO max. Watch it and just have your head spin. I had a parting gift, but I'm going to cede my time to Corey so he can do another one of the ones that he brought no, to the no, table. No, 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 no. That's what I want. That's what, I, that's what I, my parting gift is listening to Corey. 
It's so much good stuff. Tell me, tell me, tell I me. literally wrote down making coffee in an AeroPress at 7 a.m. before anybody else is awake. Like, that's my parting gift for you, listeners. Go do it because coffee's so good. I don't like coffee. Uh, I got obsessed around when when uh, uh, Conan O'Brien was, was ending his show on TBS. I kind of started getting obsessed with late night TV, and I read The Late Shift by Bill Carter, mm. which is about uh, the, the Tonight Show debacle with uh, Jay Leno and David Letterman back in the 90s. That's a great book. I read it in a weekend. I never do that because, come on, <laughs> I got video games to play. Um, there's just so many good things in the world and and I could talk about them all, all the live long day. Amazing. What's co- what's coherence? What's that? What's that? Coherence. Uh, I've been trying to watch like a horror or a sci-fi film every every night in October, right? Uh, it's, it's the thing you do during spoopy season. And Coherence is a little indie film from 2013 about like eight eight friends getting together for a dinner party the night that a comet is flying over the sky wow. and then weird things happen. And it's one of those scenarios where the, the director is clearly working with very limited assets and budget, right? Yeah. Like they're in one house. They keep reusing the house. They've got eight people. It's all about the dialogue that they have between those two, those eight people, but it works. It's a little bit like primer in terms of like the scope, but the smartness that's going on there. Amazing. Uh, I'm going to check this out. Have you seen um, the movie Scare Me? I haven't. You, no. Check that out. I think it's only on Shudder. Uh, I don't know if you have Shudder, but it is, uh, it's like that too. It's basically like people telling each other scary stories. Very, very good. Very, very good in my Love opinion. it. Scare Me. Uh, all right. We have a listener suggested parting gift. This was sent to DLC Feedback at gmail.com by Chris from London in the UK. Uh, Chris says, obligatory longtime listener, love the show. Uh, I'd love to pass along this YouTube playlist from Introversion Software, uh, creators of Darwinia, Defcon, Prison Architect, etc. This is their core team talking about how they go about choosing projects to work on and specifically detailing their failed concepts that never made it to full production. It's called Chris Delay's Fail Masterclass. Multiple episodes <laughs> on YouTube. There are eight episodes in total, each covering a different failed game concept, some clearly further along than others. What's really neat is that for a single donation of five pounds to War Child, you can download each of these works in progress and try them out. They're obviously oh, wow. all at different states of playability, but it's really interesting to see where the team bounced off an idea and how their own personalities shape their preferences in terms of game design. You've got to applaud a, a team that's willing to talk about the stuff that doesn't yes, work. Yes, and right? let you play it. So, so much wow. of what we, we talk about in video games is only about the successes, but you learn so much from the failures. Very, very cool. That's such a cool concept. Again, that's uh, Chris DeLay's Fail Masterclass. It's available on YouTube. Thank you, Chris, for sending that to us. If you want to have your parting gift read on the show, send it to us. DLCfeedback at gmail.com is where you send them. Ah, what a fun episode. Uh, Thanks again to Corey Banks and Christian Spicer for hanging out with me. Thanks to our musical contributors, Patrick L., Sean Madigan, and Zero Star for making those fun bumpers. Thank you to the folks in our live chat for contributing, making the show better in real time. We appreciate you. And thank you to each and every one of you that download the show and give us your time. We're grateful for it, and we try to give it some value. We'll be back next week. Until then, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place.